plots of land and the starry skies above Don't fence me in Let me ride through the wide open country that I love Don't fence me in Let me be by myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever but I ask you please Don't fence me in Don't fence me in Just turn me loose Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western skies On my guys Let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise I want to ride to the ridge where the west commences Well, 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 well. Well, 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 well. Good morning there. Good morning this morning. Good morning this morning. I'm testing my microphone. Something's not right about my volume or something. My headphones loud. I need to be able to hear. But I can't get my headphones loud. The way they normally are, man. You know. It's where I go deaf. I like I like the feeling of when that I'm going deaf. Damn. Whether it's the mic maybe it's inside the uh, maybe it's just the mic level that's not uh, high enough. You know what I mean? It could be that. I want to feel like I'm doing some real damage to my ears. That's that's the only way to broadcast. Is to really feel feel the damage, feel the feel the burn, you know. The Discovery Design Studio. Yes, Discovery Design Truck Centers and Outfitters. Thank you for this beautiful place. Good morning this morning. Look like the morning dew on a dew drop dangling Daisy, there he is, Stephen W. Church, from the Stephen W. Church Foundation. StephenWChurch.org. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Of course you're wearing your Mizzou shirt. Why wouldn't you? That's right. Timmy the Tiger. You are Timmy the Tiger. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I know, but you could be. It could have been. I wasn't. That was a secret. We'll never know who Timmy the Tiger was. I remember uh, as we oversaw the destruction of of Mizzou at the hands of these protesters, how definitely depressed you were, and not depressed, but you were just. I mean, you're a Mizzou guy. You're you. Yeah. You're a Mizzou booster. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't. I, it I, was not fun, and you know they paid a big price for that too. Your alma mater is suffering. Still are, and they they still have a lot of uh, adjustments to. Uh, Where do you make. think Melissa Click is right now, though? Probably counting her cash. Uh, Merrimack? <laughs> oh, no, that's right. Put know. down Merrimack. Yeah. Is that what you Mizzou guys do? You just put down your... Oh, I'm sorry, KU. Next thing that's you know, you're going to call Merrimack a high school with ashtrays. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> KU. She's at KU. Oh, 
Now you're, now you're, yeah, dude. No, please she don't is. piss off KU people. She's probably is a she KU. Really? No, she probably is. She's probably a KU or K State right don't, now. Don't make Jayhawks people. Is that what that is? It's a Jayhawks, right? You know why trees lean? Why Kansas? <laughs> why you have to look it up? Well, I am heading towards Kansas. It just so happens you met you that, Stephen, WChurch.com, because I am going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come. I am going to Kansas City to see not only Sarah Palin, but also Tony Minetti. And not only Tony Minetti and Sarah Palin, but I'm going to see Sarah Palin endorsing Tony Minetti right there in front of everybody's eyes there at Union Station there in the Power and Light District. It's actually across from Union Station, but it's Power and Light. Jointhebash.com is where you can find it. Everything starts at 7 o'clock this evening and goes until about 9. So if you want to see Sarah Palin speak then and you want to see Tony Minetti and you want to see some pretty groovy elements of the um, – Senate race come to life, then yeah, it's, it's going to be a blast. I'm going to be emceeing the event. And I said yesterday that I would be introducing Sarah Palin. And technically, here's the way that it works. No one really ever introduces Sarah Palin, like at an endorsement rally. Like the, the way things go, the protocol is that the endorsee introduces the endorser. And we kind of caught that because generally I wouldn't be the one to introduce an endorser and then have the endorsee come out. So I'm going to be emceeing and overseeing it and introducing Tony Minetti, that kind of thing. But he will be introducing Sarah Palin. So I didn't want – I wanted to be accurate in how I portrayed my role there. Just of course. To, thank, thank you for clarifying. Well, I didn't want people thank to you. think I was yeah, – I, I didn't want to be groovier than I really – Really was, you know what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, I, this woman needs no introduction. A very close <laughs> friend of mine, all the way from Alaska, Sarah Palin. That's right, buddy. Yeah, yeah, she's uh, she's great, and I, um, I, I love her. And so it's going to be cool. Going to have a little, going to have a little green room action with her. I'm going to try to Facebook Live as much as I can from there. I don't know what the protocol is regarding uh, Facebooking Live uh, in in those situations, but. I'm going to uh, be Facebooking live from there, and then tomorrow morning, RFA will be dark on the stream, but I will be Facebooking. Uh, I'll be Facebooking for a little while. I'll, I'll at cool. least try to start at 6 o'clock, and I'll probably drop off a little after about 7.30 or so, and uh, Facebook Live. I'm, I'm actually fantasizing that it will be by the pool, but I don't know. Yeah. I, you know. What? You introducing Sarah will be by the pool? Well, yeah. Maybe you never know, buddy. I'm, but it, it might just be kind of uh, one of those things where I'm doing a poolside Facebook Live at six in the morning. If it's if it's like this, it's not going to be much fun. No, I got to tell you, this this is this is getting to be like I feel like we're in the the, the jungles of Saigon. You know what I mean? It's like just uh, if there is a jungle in Saigon. Speaking of jungles, it looks like the it looks like the left is. Pretty much getting the banana republic that it wet dreams about because now the t- attention is turning to Trump voters. So it used to be just like Trump, uh, maybe Sarah Huckabee Sanders, whatever. Now, of course, if you compile a grouping of the media and enablers who are entertained by the media, you get a pretty strong picture that the media and all of the people who are going on there from Hollywood and beyond are creating an environment that potentially could be dangerous for Trump supporters. And the, the only the good news about that is that um, 
we tend to be the ones who are armed, so it doesn't really matter necessarily. I don't feel like I don't feel like I'm going to be the next victim of something or the next this or the next that. Uh, and I'm not just going to pull a gun on somebody who's you know a, a harassing me. But the fact of the matter is, I'm not concerned about this whole civil war thing or this or that. But you know, you sent me a picture yesterday of some guy with a hat on that said F Trump on it. And right? it spelled out the word. Yeah, spelled out the word. At, may I say where? Uh, well, does it matter? I mean, because he was a customer there, right? Correct. Okay, I don't want to okay. disparage the people who were having the place. You know what I mean? That's true. I, but Because but, it's not their fault this douchebag no. came in there. You no. should have seen him, too. He looked like your typical, really angry, white Look like hipster, me. He you know, like me. Yeah, kind of yeah. did. He didn't look as he didn't look angry uh, like you, but he no he he looked no he looked you know he yeah. just he was just this you know you could Douche. tell I mean anybody who wears a hat like that you got you got issues and you want everybody to know it so I right. mean I, I don't think that that, that you're no. just being provocative and it's not that anybody's going to really get in your face about it but it, what why would you do that I mean even even in the throes of Obama's worst elements of the administration I would never wear a hat that said F Obama on right. it. And he pissed off and disturbed all races, all genders, all types. Oh, in somebody that, got mad restaurant. at him. Yes, and all types, all races, oh, yeah, all that's genders right. you got upset. Some, some yeah. black dude got upset with him, huh? Yep. Oh, yeah. He let management have it. At first, I thought, well, how, how can a... I did not see the guy at first. In fact, I didn't realize what happened until I got home and I saw it on Facebook. But there were several people really upset, and I'm like, wow, what's in the pancakes? Why is everybody pissed off? Yeah. And then I got home, and I, a buddy of mine who happened to be there, and I didn't know he was there, but I looked at his Facebook page and saw the picture, and I was right. like, oh, this is why everybody was upset. Right. So yeah. now you said pancakes. Now people are going to think it was the International House of Pancakes. IHOB? It wasn't, it wasn't IHOB. <laughs> no. It wasn't. No. Now you got to say what it is. We tried to avoid that, but then you said it pancake, be, and now people are going to think pancakes anywhere in St. Louis at ten thirty in the morning. Sure, anywhere, almost. You could even get, I think, what do they call like pancake balls, right? Like, like, like instead of giving you pancakes at like Hardee's, they go the new pancake balls, <laughs> pancake sticks, freshly made exclusively at Hardee's. That's right. Burger, try Burger Chef's new pancake strips. <laughs> Do you like balls? Do you like pancakes? <laughs> then you're going to love pancake balls. If you like syrup on your balls, you'll love what we <laughs> offer here at Hardee's. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you seen How's the, our listenership now? Did you ever see the... Uh, I love that. What You know, the, the indulgence of fast food. You ever see... Remember the one... The ad they did for the um, it was Saturday Night Live did it, and it was just it was it was mocking the and we put a and we wrap it in a fried corn tortilla. Then we then I'll have to play it for you after this. It's really pretty funny. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. But anyway, the media basically now and this happened early on because right now they the, it, it's clear that the left has been frustrated. Uh, because the, the the this already the look how long the the whole border 
thing lasted. It lasted all of about three days, and the media got bored with it. They stopped, you know, they they folded up their director's chairs, and they're no longer doing live streams or live shots from the border there. And so they're now they're turning their attention just now to this aggression towards uh, Trump supporters and Trump voters. That's where it is because it's frustrating. It has to be. When you're a guy setting nine, ten records in his first 500 days of in office, the economy's doing great. You know, they're they're clinging to this pretty pretty fake Harley story that we'll get into just a little later on because that's the thing. Mark Casey even texted me this morning. Well, I see the president is now fighting with Harley Davidson. Can you imagine that American icon? It's like okay. Enough about that. I'll tell you the truth about the Harley story in just a little bit. But let me get to this voter uh, montage here. And these are people in the media. Donnie Deutsch is the one who begins the whole thing. But you can you can tell the voices. But now it's getting personal. Now it's actually going after Trump voters, Trump supporters. And by the way, the chick who ran the Red Hen apparently had to resign her her title as the – you know, the Lexington business district president or something. Oh, they really? Said, yeah, because it's, it's yeah. embarrassing. I mean, you know, it's, it's her right to do whatever she wants to do. And apparently they even chased Sarah Huckabee Sanders across, the, crew street. across the street. So the woman is like, you know, haggerific. seeker. Yeah, exactly. But here, here are these guys uh, all commenting on. Uh, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the bar- border like Nazis, go, you hear, you hear. And I think we now have to flip it. And it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. If you hold down the woman while the rapist is raping her, and you didn't rape her, are you a rapist? Tens of millions of... I mean, that was unbelievable. And that's uh, Michael Moore right there. And, it, and this is wow. the media entertaining these guys. And so, 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 for instance, if if you want to go ahead and use the rape analogy, which is like, really, dude, uh, then then just apply that to the media people who are allowing the people uh, to go on and talk about Trump supporters in people this fashion. People voted for him after he showed his cards for years. But are you so suggest- have- are you suggesting that they're racist or they're yes. The, yes. the, the people who vote, all the people who voted for Donald Trump. Are it's interesting because people voted for Obama even when he promised that their utility rates would rise. People voted for Obama even though he promised that ultimately there would be mass layoffs in the service industry thanks to Obamacare. So people still voted for him. And believe me, the damage to this country done by Obama is far worse than any amount of damage done by President Trump at the border or beyond. And it was great to see the Supreme Court yesterday, too, basically uh, hand the left its lunch, whether it be on the travel ban or on anti-abortion clinics, that kind of thing. We'll get into that. Yes. If Republicans weren't so racist, they could encourage black people who are morally conservative to be on their side. Those people who are supporting what he's doing here. It's always the same people, too. It's it's, uh, Michael Moore, Rob Reiner, Meathead. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, or Michael Eric Dyson. You, you got to have three names, don't you, buddy? Hey, by the way, I really liked. I love. I really all in the family was great, right? And Rob Reiner was a pretty damn good actor as Meathead. Yeah, was friends he? with his ex-wife. Oh, you are. Yeah, Penny Marshall. Oh, Penny Marshall. That's right, the director. Yeah, they don't. They don't see eye to eye on a lot of. Things. Was she Laverne or Shirley? She was Laverne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What is she doing nowadays? 
Uh, she had been sick. Uh, she still does some directing. Uh, her son-in-law is working with her. Uh, she has the most incredible home of any sports fan could ever see. Really? It. You remember Mike Shannon's? Yeah. Imagine Mike Shannon's in, uh, in the decor in Penny Marshall's basement in Hollywood Hills. And I'm okay. talking, like, she has the clock, a uh, alarm clock that Babe Ruth got for being the 1929 MVP. The yeah. Exact, she has the most bizarre, uh, rare finds you could ever now, when do you, do you, when you go into Penny Marshall's basement, mm-hmm. does Mike Shannon's hot daughter offer to seat you? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I've had hot women. it's really not exactly like Mike no, Shannon's. No, I've had hot women over there. I haven't had them over there, but they were over there when I was over there, though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Beverly D'Angelo. Uh, Gail O'Grady. And, yeah. um... Name dropper. Look at listen to you. Um... Madge, she was over there. Madge, yeah. Is she the is she the quick picker upper lady? Uh, th- no, that's that's what her. Oh, friends, is she the her friends? Uh, they call Madonna. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah, see, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Madge. Who I'm dips sorry. Let me, let me pick up the, this other name. I'm sorry. In the bowl of palm olive and tells them how great it is for their fingers. Um, pennies their are hands. Cool. I digress. But yeah, no, yeah. But she's told me stories about Rob. Yeah. I always liked uh, I liked Shirley Moore, but it was easy to like Shirley Moore because she was kind of like was the, Shirley Moore and Laverne and Shirley. No, sure, no, whoever was Shirley. Yes, yeah, what did I say, Shirley Moore? <laughs> Who played Shirley? Uh, uh, Wendy, not Wendy Williams, somebody Williams. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yes. Picturing the, <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm picturing the opening. The uh, look it up. Will you? Help me. I know he's going to kill me. I know somebody on Facebook's probably already got it. But the uh, she was kind of like the Cindy Williams. Cindy Williams. She was kind of like the Betty Rubble uh, to Wilma. You know, kind of because oh, yeah. you, you were or the Marianne to Ginger. They always yeah. had those two. They always had the kind of the blonde or the redhead with the with the brunette there. And so Cindy was kind of like, I got to get into this. Are racist, period. It's uh, movements and people that are speaking up for things, whether we're talking about civil rights movement, whatever else, those movements should be nonviolent, but they should not be non-confrontational. And so these policies that this administration... So what's the difference between confrontational and violent? I mean, if somebody comes up to you at a gasoline station, what do you think? That, that to me, it's is... It's still disturbance of the peace. It's still harassment. Yeah is putting forth are intentionally cruel they are racist and it is a it is half the time i don't even know who these people are you know what i mean they put these people up on tv i never know who our they are. job as citizens to speak out against that now does that mean that we're going to be violent no but does that mean that sarah sanders can have a nice quiet dinner with her family when she's taking our tax dollars to implement this policy i don't sarah huckabee sanders is taking our tax dollars in you didn't, you didn't know that? That's the problem with quota systems and affirmative action. You get some really dumb people up on TV there sometimes, you know, just because you want somebody of color or whatever it is. You get like somebody with a low IQ or like a certain that. point of view. I, I, I've always and I had this debate in the newsroom. Uh, it would be told to me by our old producer. She would say to us or me, well, we need to have this certain point of view on the air. And I said, well, what if that certain point of view is 100% inaccurate and 100% wrong? Why are we giving a platform to something that's completely wrong, fabricated, made up? That, that, that doesn't 
deserve a television platform just because it's different. Under the guise of both sides of the story. Yeah. yeah well, well, can, well, since you said that, it's interesting. I'll go back to this montage in a second, but one of the stories out there is uh, Whoopi Goldberg, who has been talking about The View. And there are some people who say that the the liberal ladies of the view uh, need balance. And and, and my I understanding, you, and I'm not a lawyer, is that it's a pause so we can vet people more accurately. Well, I have to tell you that that I'm really not. I don't really demand that a show like like this needs balance. the majority. And, of the, and, and I don't think that, I don't think that a show I'm like not, the view I, the I, view I, the view can be what it should be, which is a bunch of liberal women. There's no need to, to have some kind of token sacrificial lamb like they do there. They just be who just be who you are. And if people like you, they like you. If they don't, they don't. Like for instance, you know, I yeah, I have some people on here like Kaysen and those kinds of things. But I don't I don't strive for some uh other side of the story necessarily. I do challenge my own beliefs from time to time, and I, I do do you know make sure that that I, I'm accurate in in what I say. But it's not necessary to have. On the other hand, you know, you know I don't have to take the position of the left. It's like people. Uh, I remember this with the with the old station, and I'll I'll say it right now is that people who demand that individuals have uh, more. Uh, views different views and varying views i but there are people who come to radio free almond or who come to whatever it happens to be and they're not they're not coming here to listen to a bunch of left-wing drivel that they could listen to on any other measure they don't come here to listen to left-wing drivel they could hear on npr or on cbs or abc or beyond we having trouble again we we got interrupted a bit. Oh, we did. Oh, just on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's not just on Facebook. Facebook is like an important element versus, of the show. Versus versus the entire broadcast being shut down. No, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it must have just glitched for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Just glitched. Yeah. Thank you. Don't don't panic. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't. I say that. I say that because I grapple with, you know, the Russians did interfere. No, they didn't interfere. Yes, they're still interfering. No, they're not still interfering. So I'm kind of confused on who the hell voted for who, no matter who it would have been. That's true. So that's my that's my my issue with this. Yeah. So Whoopi's kind of maintaining this point that, you know, I don't, we don't need to have every single point of view. And I and I, I happen to actually kind of agree with her uh, from that standpoint, because I because I honestly don't believe that it's an obligation of the view to present all sides. You either you either survive on your on 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 your greatness or your points of view, or you don't. But you don't have to because usually what happens is like just as it is with the mainstream media, all they wind up doing is just simply throwing the other side, in this case the conservative side, a bone. And it's they've they've got like Megan McCain who's okay, but they usually have like on the View some Republican chick who just gets eaten alive on there anyway. She's like she's like Cinderella with the stepsisters, you know. It's, it doesn't right. work out very well for anybody who happens to be a you know the the the, the conservative person on uh, on the side. So so just be the View, be a bunch of liberal hens, and 
go for it and cluck away for crying out loud. I believe Bill Mars said it on uh, real time that, you know, they'll try to get a conservative on there, but it's not the end all be all to have the token conservative person on there, which I, you know, I respect. Yeah, I mean, and 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 certainly, I mean, I know he does have a lot of different people, a lot of varying views on his show, which I think is good. I still think, though, what what happens is Bill Maher, there are people who like him and say, oh, yeah, well, he's got that libertarian flair and he's kind of like us and we kind of like him from that standpoint. And then finally you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but you know what? Uh, then suddenly he'll – Take the go off the rail. Trump people are Nazis, and 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 that's you know he'll take that tactic, and then suddenly it's like oh okay I don't really uh, think so much of him anymore. So I take Bill Maher with a little uh, grain of salt, but yeah, we continue. So. Anybody who votes for and supports a racist is a racist. You are culpable, white America. I'm sorry. Is it? I mean. That's the problem with the left is that you guys come across and, and how this is an acceptable thing. Now, I keep in mind, Schumer and some of the other guys decided they were going to go ahead and, and uh, you know, say something uh, that would help in one way or the other uh, in terms of trying to calm everybody down. But for the most part, they don't – whatever they say, nobody's listening to Chuck Schumer. They're listening to – you know, a Michael Moore or somebody else on one of these airwaves, and and they, these guys are the ones who are influential. Nobody's to Chuck Schumer. I had the people in this country don't even know who he is. No. Complicit or either you're enabling. You know, but you guys were involved with being patriotic, right? Very, very patriotic, but not being patriotic was the group that contacted and helped organize some of these activities that you posted on your own Facebook. This account. is a reporter confronting that one woman who had the audacity to make a Facebook page that was supportive of. Some group or some. She shared something. Shared it. Yeah. yeah. Th- those were legitimate. Those were Russians. They were not Russians. I don't go with the Russians. Right. Out very clearly. What I mean, this is our news beat. That was a reporter. I don't know what happened to him, but these are reporters out there who are you know trying to link some poor woman on Facebook with the Russians. They're bullying. It is a form of bullying. It is a form of bullying. His interests are. President Walker, how do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Why 25% of the... I equate it to McCarthyism. The country, whether it's 25, 20, 30%, are hardcore racists. They do not want to see brown people coming into America. That's, that's just what's going on here. I mean, of certain individuals and institutions, we will, as per Chief Jim Hopper, punch some people in the face when they seek to destroy I mean, can you imagine if, keep in mind, Glenn Beck and the rest of the kooks out there, supposedly from the right, they were the ones who were calling Trump supporters Nazis, even though Trump supporters are not in any way, shape or form on the record as meeting out violence against their political uh, opposition or whatever. And everything we're seeing right now in the media and as proof of what's been going on in the uh, at the rallies and beyond and the shooting of the Republican guys on the on on the baseball field, everything else. So far, the only column where I'm seeing a bunch of check marks for people who have oppressed and otherwise third worlded uh, the political opposition are the left Democratic Party. You know, ironically, who are the victims of McCarthyism? Probably more than anybody. Are you a communist? Who who are the 
victims in all that when all that went down outside the political hacks? Uh, well, How, it was people in Hollywood. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that, it was it was Hollywood that really paid the price. So anyway, without further yeah. ado, ladies and gentlemen, check out our national anthem coming up. We're going to have uh, Mike Marino and Shannon coming in from Santino's Cigars and Cocktails there in Arnold. It's going to be yes. fun. He's going to bring one of his uh, exclusive bottles of tequila in. Not quite sure what to drink. I got a long drive ahead. Of I me got coffee. City. You got coffee? Okay. I'm ready. Actually, he has a tequila liqueur just in case... Uh, Oh, good. And it's really, I mean, it's a tequila. Have you ever had, um, I, you know, it looks like a, like a Bailey's or something like that. Well, this is a tequila liqueur that's pretty darn good, man. It's not real. I, I've known that man 32 years. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, well, he'll, he'll be glad to see you then, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, we get along. Although oh, the first time we met, um, he questioned me about a girl I like. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't, we, don't bring that up. Oh, we bring it up all the time. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. then I'll let, I'll let you bring it up. Yeah, that's up. fine. I don't know how Shannon. He's a like new sponsor of the show. I don't want you to like, you know. He's hey uh, Mike. Remember that one time? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Steve Church here, running out all of Jamie Allman's sponsors. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Mike. and also coming up, Nick Schwar, who uh, is a great guy. He's uh, part of what I would describe as the uh, local uh, Missouri Freedom Caucus, uh, and we have one uptown there in uh, in. Uh, in D.C., and, of course, we also have one in Jefferson City, and Nick Shore is one of those guys. He's gonna be, He is actually the general counsel of Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters. It just so happens that Nick is bringing with him a Discovery Design banner, a banner, everybody, and we're going to have a banner day because we're going to hang it up in the studio because this is, after all, the Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters studio. We so, need to get the music cued for that when the banner goes up. Exactly. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Rise and kindly remove your hats for our nation's colors. Presented tonight by a joint color guard made up of the five branches of our United States Armed Forces. Now, fans, we ask that you please remain standing and join in the singing of our national anthem. Led tonight by officers Tim Talman, Ray Morales, Michelle Ayerdis, and Roz Curry of the Los Angeles Police Department Quartet.
Welcome to Discovery Design, Truck Center Outfitters, Radio Free Almond Studio, Steve Church over there, me here. I hear this, I think of Lynn Dickey's. You remember Lynn Dickey's? Oh yeah, I do. Oh man, good memories. Lynn Dickey, he was the Green Bay Packer kicker or quarterback? I believe quarterback? Yeah, Back yeah, up yeah. Back to uh, Bart? Yeah. Um, I never, well, my ignorance on the age then... I'm like, who's Lynn Dickey? I had yeah. no idea. And, and then I thought, well, then why is he opening up a bar and a club in St. Louis? Yeah. A dance club. Well, I, and, and what's crazy about it is they wound up naming a pair of pants after him, too. So I think, I mean, the guy's like <laughs> everywhere. They even, you know what they even did? They even named uh, a uh, fake turtleneck after him. I mean, I, Lynn Dickey was everywhere. So then suddenly he had the, 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 the Dickies were all over the place. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, my goodness gracious. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how do you get to it's, the point where you, where where the Dickies just fan out all over the globe the way they did with Lynn? This world would be a better place if Dickies were all over the place. Well, yeah. We, we need to go back to the days they where would, Dickies huh, ruled the world. <laughs> really? Oh, are you, are you going to go out? Are you going to sing It's Raining Dickies now for us, <laughs> Steve Church? <laughs> no. Do you remember, though, they, they, they actually have the Dickies pants, and then they have what you call a Dickie, which was, I don't know why they called it that, but it was the, like the faux turtleneck. Yeah. I so think a Christmas vacation. <laughs> yeah. Right. I had one of those, man. I did it was a not. hand-me-down, but I had, I had one of those. 
I had pretty the, well. Works every time. Dickies, the, they work every time. What was the name of the fake tie that you didn't have to? Uh, you mean the clip on? Oh, it's a clip on. So yeah. that wasn't a dicky on. Uh, no, no. Buddy, okay. No. Did I jump the shark? We've beaten that Dickie to death here. (laughs) Lynn Dickies. Yeah, we're going to get our... Where Steve Church got his groove on. We're going to go blind here in just a second. All right. Mitt Romney wins the nomination there. By the way, President Trump uh, was successful in getting McMaster, the governor there, uh, fully across the finish line in South Carolina. So good for that governor down there, Republican, big Trump supporter. And then we have Mitt Romney, who is uh, going to be probably the next Jeff Flake. And he won in uh, in Utah, the, the Republican nomination for Senate. Actually, on the other side, it was very interesting to see this. The far, far left candidate, like the resistance candidate, Basically, in New York, beat uh, a establishment Democratic Party candidate in New York. So it looks like the fissure is actually more in the Democratic Party than the Republican Party. And although we do have people like Rom- not Romney still floating around out there, still polluting the earth, but nonetheless, it looks like in the in the Democratic Party because we've we've. The conservatives have summarily kind of finished off the Jeff Flakes of the world, and Ben Sass will hopefully be next. But uh, Ted Cruz, of course, is going to win in Texas, thank goodness, and and I, I hope he does. But the Democratic Party has la- yet to shake its kooks. No. And, in fact, its kooks are making huge strides. And this one in New York, she's basically part of the resistance, ran a resistance campaign. And uh, the debate now is raging on how to confront the president. And so far, the Democrats have two different ways of doing it. You can do the Schumer, you know, that kind of weak need approach that like Republicans used to take against Democratic presidents. So Schumer's kind of like an establishment Republican. Or you have the people who are the resistance guys who basically are – their whole thing is all about trying to uh, adopt as best they can – a strategy of just you know we're gonna we're gonna hate everything the president does and we're gonna be the unhinged left from 2018. I'm mean, actually I have another compilation for you, which is a series of steps that now we could see where the Democratic Party is going, because these folks are 2018 has been a bad year. If you're if you're a regular old one of the mill liberal who just wants, you know, liberal economic policies, progressive this and 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 other democrat ideals which I actually haven't been able to pinpoint. Uh your environmental, your climate, whatever it happens to be, you've got to be feeling like deflated because of the way the left has taken the far left has taken over. I mean, you got to feel deflated. With Don't nothing s- but noise. Nothing but noise. Nothing but net. Ideas that we talked about were thought to be fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas. Those ideas are now mainstream. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. This is a really great montage that uh, I guess I could I could take the YouTube video and I, I wonder if I could share that on Facebook. I think I probably could on, yeah. in, the, in the comment section. But this is really just a great 
compilation of just how crazy the left has become. It's already has in in the short time it's been up. I think it went up overnight. Already uh, two hundred thousand plus views, and that's only because you got to kind of work to find it. But man, is this a interesting uh, portrait of really how far crazy the left has become. You see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless What's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? One way you get rid of Trump is a crashing economy, so please bring on the recession. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Uh, basically uh, a political organization, the Republican Party. And I, I'm glad to see the Republican Party basically putting all this out there in montage form or beyond because that's the way you're going to fight it. And, and I, again, I'm not – I don't want to – I don't really – I'm not really comfortable taking this stand that somehow we're all going to be the next victims or I, – I don't like that whole victim point of view that – because I don't think we really are and I don't feel – endangered running around the country. I don't feel endangered wearing a Trump t-shirt or what have you. Uh, I I don't feel that way. But a lot of people are getting the message, though, that it's okay to just do whatever you want to do and outburst whatever you want to outburst as long as you feel a certain way, as long as you're frustrated. And we saw it right after the election, and it's all coming back now because they've run their course of Confederate statues. They've run their course of the uh, the immigration stuff, and so they've run out of of things to accuse Trump of doing, and they've run out of things to uh, accuse Trump supporters of doing. So it's now it's just like the fact that you voted for him is bad enough. And they're realizing they can't uh, unring the bell, and they can't take back what they have said when they realize that it has worked against them. That's the yeah. They're not. I quit. So you'll see the uh, concert performer, like an Eddie Money. He'll go out there, and uh, he's not getting the crowd into it. But then he'll just yell, "Say, hey, St. Louis!" And then the crowd goes nuts because yeah. he's just he's just yelling into the bubble just to get a reaction. Right, right. And, but there's no substance. There's no fact. You know, there's nothing behind it. It's, you had to, you had to go. Out, you it. had to go after Eddie Money. Didn't yeah, you? I did. There. Yeah. I remember seeing him. He came for a concert at uh, Jefferson Barracks. Uh, they had a really? little little con like it was like a. I think it was him. I, I honestly, uh, Jefferson Starship was there. Wow. Eddie Money's actually a pretty nice guy. Yeah, I've. Yes, he is. One of my first concerts that I ever saw, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was around 1978, because I know that like Van Halen and Black Sabbath were the first, I think was the first concert I ever saw, although I, I think that might be in dispute, because, and that was when, when Van Halen opened for Black Sabbath. Wow. Yeah, I know. That was like in 79 or somewhere in that vicinity, 78 at the arena. That's awesome. But I went somewhere, and I don't think it was the arena, but the concert was it was Eddie Money and Angel, probably Keel Auditorium. 
maybe. Maybe it was. Prior to Kiel yeah. Center. Yeah. And, and, and Angel, remember Angel? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Um, well, anyway, they, they would come out of the stage of these boxes and stuff. And cool. That was, that was the time I went on a date. I couldn't drive, but the girl I was dating could. She was like two years older than me. Which was back in those days, cougar, a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, you're a 15 year old going out with a 17 year old chick. That's that's scorn, dude. Man, I wish I could remember her name. Something Gilbert, I think. Sarah? No, but I <laughs> but I know that it was. She was a cutie pie, but I but but I I was way out of my league because I was just yeah be driven around by my date because I can't drive. Right. But it was Eddie Money an Angel? That's awesome. Though. Yeah, and Eddie Money was great. So anyway, he was here that one time, and he's you know he's he's getting up there in in age and everything else, but uh, you know still is a good guy. You know, despite being thrown under his tour bus by you. Remember the uh, music video "Shaken" that he did with the uh, and the hot girl was dancing on the car long before Tony Katane uh-huh. did the the hot brunette. That was Apollonia Catero. From Purple Rain. Oh, I got his girlfriend. Okay, yeah. little little um, Cliffy Clavin useless yeah. fact for you. Back back was to she your, in Penny Marshall's basement too, or no? But we did meet at uh, Aroma Coffee on um, Tujunga. That's when she wound up in your trunk, huh? <laughs> we 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 went back and forth. On I got you. Uh, gotcha. Got it again. The usual. By the way, they didn't like it. Yesterday, it doesn't get better for the left. It's kind of funny to watch because yesterday the Supreme Court put the hot poker treatment to not one but two of the left wing coveted issues. One would be the travel ban, which again, the Supreme Court upheld the president's authority, which by the way, like it or not, and, and there are people who don't like it, and there are people who question whether or not the executive branch should have this kind of power, but they do, and Congress has given the executive branch unbelievable powers to control who comes in here and who doesn't. And it's, and it's not just he's got to consult Congress about it. It's the president who can decide through any kind of writ that if he doesn't like the green eyes he can tell anybody who has green eyes that they can't come to the united states of america they're upholding decades and decades old law yes so and 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 again people forget that congress was the one and this is i think what what causes the the why the supreme court rules on this and ruled so swiftly basically on it in terms of an easy decision it was a five to four decision but because they when Congress, when things go through the proper channel, so to speak, and when you can pretty much identify the date and time that Congress said that the president has this power, you've at that point basically been able to check the box regarding checks and balances. And so this is a perfect example of where the legislative branch checking the executive branch said, you know what? We do think you have broad powers based on the Constitution, and this is yours. But, boy, they didn't like it yesterday. You know, there's people at Gateway Blend right now listening, thinking that Supreme Court justice actually came out with red-hot pokers uh-huh. and, and ruled right, with exactly. the red-hot poker. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they wouldn't want to make that mistake twice. 
because yeah, he it's a costly one the yeah. first time around. That's right. Yeah. Suspects, the five men. Ref- and MSNBC did not like did not like the outcome of the Supreme Court. Republican majority on this. Especially Matthews. Supreme Court today gave President Trump what he wanted most, the good housekeeping seal on his campaign to divide the country. <laughs> good writing. I got to get got to yeah. give him that. Okay, comes out with clever. Good housekeeping. He's like, uh, hey, excuse me. You leave us out of this, please. Is good housekeeping still a magazine? I think so. I asked the other day about Red Book, and people yeah. were laughing at me like, Red Book? I'm like, yeah, I remember Red Book. My mom had it. I could see Chris sitting at his desk in the newsroom. What's that magazine where they do all the housekeeping stuff? <laughs> yeah, Red Book, Red Book was more like uh, Playboy, and Cosmo was more like Hustler uh, in terms of you know, its content. It wasn't, really? Well, I'm just saying that in terms of degrees of, uh, you know, femininity craziness yeah red book was more like for you know more mature women and cosmo was more kind of uh did the kind of little bit of the just uh, tiger beat skirted the the corners there and approving his travel ban crudely aimed at muslims the republican controlled highest court has shined up the entire trump offensive is it muslims or muslims does it matter i think it's muslim i thought so too but i don't why is he saying muslim <laughs> Why is he doing that? Court has shined up the entire Trump offensive on Muslims, Latinos, and let's not kid ourselves, Democrats. Oh, really? Oh. So, so is a travel ban banning Democrats from coming in? To, and and what is that all about? <laughs> let's not kid ourselves, Jamie. Come on. That's Chris, what's happening. Chris Matthews doesn't like this at yeah. all. First, this Supreme Court gave us W by ending the Florida recount in 2000. Then it gave us guns for everyone in the Heller case. Then with Citizens United, new power for the wealthy to drive our elections. And today, it's Trump to do what he wants in targeting Muslims. Good evening. I'm Chris Matthews down in Washington. Evening, As I Chris. said, Donald Trump's dark brand of politics received the Supreme Court seal of approval today. It was a five-person Republican majority that intervened in the electoral process Boy, to give us the presidency of George yeah. W. Bush. They stopped the Florida recount with a vote of their own. Wait, it, it's, it sounds like it's, this is kind of like when Hillary Clinton did commercials that attacked the president. They always seemed to me like they were pro-Trump commercials because everything she said, I was like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, and, yeah, good, yeah, got it. Oh, wow, another reason to vote for Donald Trump, although mm-hmm. Hillary had no idea. She was so clueless that she was actually campaigning for him by mentioning everything he was doing. Right. You know, I, I tune out on Chris uh, three sentences in when he the repetitive uh cadence of his and his Sylvester school of speech <laughs> and he's spitting all over the newsroom and I just can't it becomes blah 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 Charlie Brown school teacher it wasn't just MSNBC it was weird because uh, ABC was noticing an ideological oh. shift to the Supreme Court protesters on the steps of the high court today tonight new reaction pouring into this ruling and is this a sign of an ideological shift on the court you think I, how, I mean, how long did it take ABC to figure out that there's been an ideological shift on the court? That's what happens when you have a Republican elected who has promised to elect or appoint conservative judges. And so it's it's interesting how these simpletons over there at ABC 
finally noticed, yeah, there's an ideology will shift okay. Talk about overdramatic um, storytelling over at ABC for the past four years with David Muir. They, wow. Where did he come from, by the way? Uh, the Barbie doll series well because because i've never really uh i i've i've i never really knew who he was before he was at abc like i didn't see him like reporting from war zones and stuff like that i think 2020 i believe okay with our uh buddy uh miss vargas yeah because at least back in the day you had you know like for instance brokaw and cronkite even and rather and all these guys they they'd been through the ringer like they went yeah. through some really they were reporting from heaven knows where in every war you could imagine Reynolds at ABC News um, Frank Reynolds Frank Reynolds yeah well and um, what's his, the other guy who followed him after ABC I can't remember poor guy died of cancer smoking um, all the time um, yeah Peter Jennings. Peter Jennings yeah yeah and those guys were you know. I have to tell you that I didn't really know, and although I guess it, I wasn't an adult per se then, so I maybe didn't detect it the way maybe other adults did. But I never really detected much of a of a slant on the part of these guys. I could never no. tell how Peter Jennings felt about a story. Nope, I couldn't either. The only time I saw any type of reaction was uh, Frank Reynolds. Yeah, on live television went off on the entire newsroom about. The status of Brady during the Reagan oh uh, shooting yeah he was and they kept giving him conflicting come on reports. people let's, can't we get oh, this yeah, right slammed on the desk and yeah that was great you should have done that more got angry at people on camera yeah I just I reserved on for camera off camera <laughs> my punishments were always meted on off camera yeah. Yeah, you know, I I had a the the old school guys at the local level uh, were cool, uh, and you had people like uh, uh, Bill Bonds there in Detroit, and he used to do he used to do his his uh, newscast, and if the prompter didn't roll properly, he he'd call for prompter right in the middle of everything, and meanwhile in Birmingham, Michigan. Prompter, please. Prompter. <laughs> right, right in the middle of everything. It, that was after like his seventh DWI, you know, and they, <laughs> and they still kept him on. Yeah. Well, Bill Bonds gets another DWI. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, that was back in the day, man. I was worked for that station up there. Yeah, Channel 7 in Detroit. I think he worked at 7. I believe so. Yeah. I was offered a job up there, and I'll, I'll never forget. I went up there to... to Talk to, I think it was, uh, it wasn't DIV, it was um, WXYZ Detroit. And I think that was seven. Is that right? Seven, the zipper. Is that what they called it? No, I'm oh, picking okay. that up, sorry. WXYZ Detroit. And they, I was going to go up there, and it was, it was 1998, somewhere around there. And I went up there, I, I drove through a snowstorm and everything else to go up there to be interviewed for this job. Went up there, uh, was interviewed for the job, and then I was offered the job to, to head up their consumer reporting unit up in, in, in Detroit. And I chickened out and told them no, and they were not happy. Way to go. I know. I mean, I should have, I, I don't know whether I should have taken the job or not, but you, I would have been. Your career in took a tank. Yeah. I mean, you know. Hey, look, 
look at you now. It was it was really interesting though because I, I, I that would have been fun, but Detroit was a was a big market, good market. But the consumer reporting unit, I like doing investigative stuff. Consumer reporting was a little bit odd because, you know, unfortunately with a lot of consumer reporting, you wouldn't really do stories like on advertisers. That was that was the real that was the big um, lie about consumer reporting is that you wouldn't do stories about advertisers would be uh, immune from prosecution as a consumer reporter. So basically what happens is people would just wound up going after these mom and pop businesses and picking on like the little guy instead of going after the big guy. Like a car dealership, like a big car dealership. If they had issues and complaints, you'd never go near the guys. If you don't want to go there on this, don't. But let me. Did you get any type of resistance when you did the story on Joyce Meyer? Because she obviously, although she wasn't your typical advertiser, she bought a lot of airtime on KMOV. Who was this? Joyce Myers. Oh yeah. So did you get resistance from sales going? Wait, hey, she's buying two hours of. Probably at the time she was buying yeah. three, four hours a week. Well, no, because I was a, uh, I was a, I supported her. Okay, I mean when the Post Dispatch did that hack job on Joyce Meyer, man, remember that? Uh, oh yeah, I mean I, I supported her then uh, and because because it was you know because they were talking about her us- utilizing a plane and, doing, and it was like you know first of all for an organization like that. Uh, using private planes, it's not remotely unusual for a church or a televangelist or someone like that to be using private planes. And and part of that has to do with your scheduling and everything else. It's a lot easier to be able to go out to Chesterfield Airport as or Spirit Airport and hop on a plane, get to where you need to be, and then come back. It, 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 to me, it's a lot more efficient for the church not to have to sit there and, Far more. And, and, and play around. But apparently it was an egregious fault of Joyce Myers that she had a private airplane. And to me, uh, I, I could make the argument that and – and I don't know Joyce Meyer. I've never been to her church before, and, and so I don't have any skin in the game here. But I remember defending her when the time came because that's where the media – goes off of its rocker because they have these pre-established kinds of uh, prejudices in terms of how you uh, approach things. So the right. idea of somebody using a private plane automatically is a waste of money when, in fact, it's, it could be actually more efficient for the church for Joyce Meyer to be having her own plane and doing things when – she can instead of having to manipulate certain things that she's doing locally when she's waiting for a flight or when she can't get a flight here and just to be able to get the job done what she needs to do with her plane come back get her job done here and beyond did you ever have a story that got questioned um because of uh, a conflict well a lot of it had to do with uh, i i do remember having stories where for instance richard gephardt who was then a congressman (laughs) uh had issues, uh, and, uh, and and I wanted to kind of do a story about how Richard Gephardt was. I, I guess it, he was 
he oversaw some pork spending or pork barrels. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. Just some campaign stuff. And I remember actually working for uh, – who was the guy who ran against him who almost beat him? Who I worked for, Federer. Yeah, Bill Federer, who was a great guy, by the way. I I did a uh, – wanted to do a story about him, and they, they would always steer me away from doing negative stories about Congressman Gephardt. And – Suddenly, and I remember complaining about this because I didn't think it was proper because like after them telling me I had to be careful about what I was doing with Richard Gephardt, suddenly uh, one night, uh, Kenny G is in town. <laughs> okay. The, the insufferable Kenny G. Let, let's play some Kenny G while you tell this story. Yeah, I don't, I, if I have some, I'll be embarrassed, but I might have had some because I've made fun of them before. I, I could say it. Just, just, uh, just play whatever sounds like a uh, a braying goose. Yeah, here I might have some here. Let me see if I. I hope I don't, but if I do, shame on me. You're going to tell a Kenny G story. You got to play. Well, I didn't. I didn't think I was going to tell a Kenny G story. I know. Just came up. I'm just, just helping you produce me. this wonderful segment. Well, I know, but I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have a uh, have Kenny G at the ready. We need a Kenny G intern. More to my more to my uh, my amazement. I don't have- oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, Kenny G's in town, and suddenly sour. he's. Uh, and suddenly, all of a sudden, everybody in the management team is going to his concert and, and sitting in a box. It's great. The news director, the assistant news director, the assignment editor, the general manager, Ooh. they all went and took their wives to the Kenny G concert. And, and guess who gave them tickets to the Kenny G concert? Bobby Toach. No. Oh, okay. Who? The Gephardt campaign. They were, they were like sitting in the congressman's box. They went They went to Kenny G with Congressman Gephardt and Joyce Abusi and the rest of the gang there. Hmm. So no wonder they were steering me away from... And this really kind of pissed me off. And I said so. I said, I don't think that we ought to be going. We, 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 we ought to be accepting tickets from politicians to go see concerts. And, and, then, and then actually having some impact on editorial decisions and news and things that we're doing. I, I don't think it, it's. No. And on the other end, if you recall, they. Uh, oh, thank goodness. Um, the Lord intervened. Turn that off. Federer campaign. The big hand of Jesus came down and just right. said, stop that. Put, that. put that button there. The Federer campaign felt that one of their interns was basically harassing Bill and set him up on a private yeah. camera at uh, Jefferson County. I did that story. They, yeah, I know. They Oh, they're more than happy. In fact, you invited me to come see the tape where Bill didn't have anybody helping him sell books. The intern handed him a check. Yeah. Bill didn't know what to do with it, handed him a book, and he just put the check in his pocket, and therefore Gephardt's went with the spin of Bill was literally pocketing his own money while campaigning. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when you and I became the best of friends. Yeah. Wow. But 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 we but there was no negative story no about for that. Richard Gephardt ever. At least on our air. No. And 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 then and then that's what really made me angry is when they when they suddenly uh, I suddenly f- discovered they all went to the I, I and, and it wasn't because I couldn't go because I wouldn't be caught dead at a Kenny G concert. I played drums for uh, Gephardt when he announced to run for president. At what Union do you mean? Station in '88. Oh, really? Yeah, Lindbergh. Uh, band. Oh, okay. So the Lindbergh school, school band, huh? But Gephardt says, "I Lindbergh's not coming without Steve Church." Hmm. Well, I would. Th- that's another interesting thing because uh, because because it's weird to have the a a high school band doing. A music for a person's campaign kickoff. I could see if you're like if you are the if you are the president, I could see that. But what's the Lindbergh school band doing playing for a guy kicking off his campaign? Where'd that come from? That's a good question. Yeah. I really don't know. See, that's that's how that that would never have like you would never have the Lindbergh school district or any other district playing drums or or the band when if some Republican announced for for the for a presidency. Get Bob Tobler on the line and ask him. That's you know that's how, <laughs> that's exactly how, uh, the, that's exactly how entrenched Gephardt was, and how everybody just basically at that time just did the bidding for the Democratic Party and for Democrat. They were they were they had their spindly fingers in the newsrooms and they had school districts playing, you know, music for them when they announced their candidacies. I do recall. I'm I'm 17 at the time. This is my junior year. Um, we were asked if we felt comfortable going. If we did not, we did not have to go. Oh, really? Uh, that the media would be there. CNN would be there. This is a big deal. It's going to be a lot of fun. But the choice is yours. Oh. Mr. McCready, who is our band director uh-huh. for this, and Bob Tobler. Oh, well, that's... I, I recall that. Randy's dad? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do recall that we... All had the choice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that changes a little bit. But yeah. nonetheless, I mean, I, I think just, you know, here's the thing, though. Um, how many people opted out? Zero. Zero, of course. In fact, we, the tuba player puked on the way there and the way back and in the tuba um, because he really wanted to go that bad. Well, and that's, that's kind of the, the thing. If you're, you're asking like 17-year-olds, let's see, CNN's going to be there, NBC's going to be there, I'm the band director, I, I'm going to be there. What would you like to do? It's like, um, I think we'll go. Jeff Spicoli. <laughs> Wait, you don't play the triangle. I do today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I don't think you had a choice. All right, we'll be back. From the Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters Studio, Nick Schroer on the way. Our buddy Mike Marino from Santino's Cigars and Cocktails.
Yes, indeed, everybody. Good morning. Nick Schroer on the way. And Nick, if you don't know by now, is an awesome guy. He is the... Uh, well, I, I keep naming these guys. They haven't named themselves, but they are the local Freedom Caucus, if you were. And Nick's doing some great work down there and doing some really cool work uh, on behalf of conservatives down there in Jefferson City. We need more of that, that's for sure. Going to ask him also about this investigation uh, that is ongoing and now has apparently included allegations that Eric Greitens faked his book, Resilience, and all that other stuff. And it's just... I mean, at some point, you know, I realize editorials are being written about how they can't let this go. They still need to, you know, hammer this out. They still need to do this. And the bottom line is uh, you've done enough damage to this state already. Why don't you try getting to work and busying yourself with something that truly affects the state and not just your little efforts to try to uh, beat a dead horse when it comes to – when it comes to right. Eric Greitens. I and, mean, at some point, come on. And be careful what you wish for, Missouri GOP. Because I don't think you want, I think you do want this to go away. Well, you, may, you do. You do. Well, here's the thing. And, and I think that when it comes to the future of the GOP, at least when it comes to Missouri, uh, the Missouri GOP, the people like Nick Schwar are going to be the future. You need to listen to them. Mike Parson, who I again, I will leave out. I'm not going to, you know, bash him before he gets started, but the fact of the matter is look at the optics and see whether or not Mike Parson at this point is a shoe-in for the governorship in 2020 in the state of Missouri. Now, uh Keo is a different character altogether. He's a uh, interesting guy, nice guy. Uh, he's a, and I think he had a car dealership somewhere in Springfield. He's a big car dealer in Springfield. Good guy. I had him on the air. I had, we had him on, uh, the Almond Report at one point. And, you know, as, as Lieutenant Governor, but, but again, I'm worried about the future of the Republican Party when it comes to that governor's office. And I'm not sure Mike Parson for all of his background and his support of law enforcement, and he's, he's a damn good guy. Uh, I just worry that he doesn't have the kind of energy and the kind of uh, gettuitiveness that Greitens had when he was when he was running and when when he's in office. I don't know. I think it's going to take somebody at some point uh, to uh, to to possibly primary him. I mean, I, I would, and, and you know what? Or for Parson to say, "All right, I've done what I'm doing. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and step aside. I'm going to let somebody come come out, somebody fresh." And, and I'm not saying Parson isn't a fresh face, but you know. And, and I think we're going to need somebody who's going to ultimately run in the primary. And I'm thinking at that point, you've got John Bruner, who I think could easily make another run. Yeah, uh, and and he has the resources. Absolutely. And you also have the woman, I, now her name escapes me for whatever reason, who came out of, oh, by the way, Mike Marino's outside, guys, so if you guys can go ahead and grab him, because he's got tequila in his hand, so that might rush your step a little bit. I just want to let you know. <laughs> uh, and but, but nonetheless, I'm thinking that you've got, um, oh, I almost had her name on my, t- my tongue. She ran for lieutenant governor, black woman, oh. uh, great 
Uh, Bev Randall's Bev Randall's. That's I think, right. I think she's somebody who who ought to be mentioned. I think if you all are out there and Facebook land, you've got some names. Go ahead and and let me um, let's get on with it because I think that ultimately we're going to have to have somebody out there to uh, to be this active, aggressive Republican that we're used to seeing, whether it be in the formulation of a guy. Uh, like Eric Greitens or a person like Donald Trump, I think now the Republican Party's demands are a lot higher. Uh, they are a lot more uh, – we, we need somebody who's going to fight. And believe me, the Republicans are going to uh, – Democrats are going to have a ton of people out there who are going to be more than ready to uh, to do battle. You see this? I don't even know who this – I have never heard of this show before, but James Comey was on it. And it is called Hard Talk, brought to you by the BBC. And James Comey had this to say about how he felt about Donald Trump before even the election. Let me get this started here. It seems to me that in your dealings with Donald Trump from the very get-go, from your first meeting with him before the inauguration in, in January of, of 2017, you, very far from bringing a blank slate to your view of him, to your meetings with him, you were deeply suspicious and skeptical of Trump from the start, and that comes out clearly in your recollections in your memoir. Sure, that's because I'm a human being. That's not a political judgment. I evaluate people who work for me. I evaluate people I work for. Am I evalu- it, 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 with respect, it becomes political if you're, from the very get-go, likening the way in which Trump deals with you and with situations, likens... I didn't know some people in the FBI were such pussies. Did you? No. Like, I, how, how would you imagine that a guy like James Comey, who seems like he's a big pussy, would, 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 would become to the highest level? I mean, this Peter Strzok little character who was going to be, by the way, on the Hill today, which I will find very interesting and, and looking forward to seeing that whole uh, dumpster fire. But he's going to be questioned on the Hill today. But how do these guys get to those levels like that? Pretentious douche. I, I, him to a, a mafia don, a mafia boss. I mean, that, that's not just personal. That becomes political. I don't see it as political. I, I didn't th- think he the was... The director right. of the FBI concluding that Donald... Although Comey could probably kick my butt. He's a tall guy, but I don't know. Donald Trump from your He's earliest old, meetings is, in essence, the political equivalent of a mafia boss? Sure, not in the sense that he's robbing banks, but in the leadership culture he creates... <laughs> Yeah, not in the ways that it, like robbing banks. Thanks, James. What about the leadership culture he created yeah. of the FBI? Yeah, that's what struck me. But that's not a political judgment. That's a judgment based on reason and logic and experience. Some of what you write, and I'm guessing it's experience. based on contemporaneous notes, it, it's actually just downright personal. Some of the asides about you know, his look, his hair, the size of his hands, which you were making observations like this in the very earliest meetings with him. Comey was also making comments about the size of Donald Trump's hands. That's professional. Yeah. I have a theory behind that, but... What's the theory? uh, That he puts so much detail into his BS that it creates the illusion of truth. Well, I, I, I remember I noted about his hands... I noted about his hair. I noted about the tone of his voice, which means I was in the room and I had this conversation with them. Because if I didn't, I couldn't have described these things. It's a 
It's an old trick. Yeah, you know, well, interestingly enough, in, in police work... Suggest you had an animus towards him. And he ought to know this. In police work, actually, the more detail you give, the more it's an indication that you're lying. Right. And I learned that from... My the guy dad. who was a yeah well who was uh, the uh, in Maryland Heights and he was head of the bomb squad for a while there in um, in St Louis and then went on to become an investigator with the Major Case Squad and they were trying they were investigating this one uh, murder that has yet to be un- yet to be solved and it was at a seminary here in town. And it was a woman from Scotland who was basically strangled in a bathroom on the on, at Covenant Theological Seminary, and she was Elizabeth McIntosh. I'll never forget this because I was actually at one point working on an extended type of investigation into it, and basically she was making money and paying her way through school at Covenant Theological Seminary, doing cleaning work like as a as a cleaner and she was a person who would do uh you know just do overnight cleaning that kind of thing and there was during an investigative point uh a situation where there was a a relationship that might have been built between a guy who was a fledgling pastor who had a family who lived on campus and her there was this belief that Somehow this relationship went sideways or something happened and the police, at least the investigators I was talking to, firmly believed that this pastor was good for it. And I'll never forget being shown a uh, a couple of pieces of paper where he was asked to detail his whereabouts and his actions on the evening that she was murdered. And they – said, okay, start from the very beginning of the day to the end of the day and tell us what was going on. And so they, they uh, showed me the piece of paper and, and, and they said, I want you to take a look at this, read the two pages, and, uh, it, and, and look at the only time that this guy ever mentions an exact time. Look at the only time he ever mentions an exact time in the two-page recounting of his activities that day. Look where the only time he mentions actually an exact time of day. And so he, I look through it. I go, oh, look, there's a point where he says, at 721, I was blah, blah, blah. It's the only time the guy ever mentioned a time. And he goes, that's when she was killed. Wow. And and and, yeah. and that's how in their mind, and I'm not saying he's guilty. I, I I I don't know, but in their mind, that's what convinced them that they had their guy. They never really could nail it down. They never had any evidence. They had nothing. They had no circumstance, except for circumstantial. They had no physical evidence to link him to it. Uh, but but everything pointed to him, and this was the thing that sealed the deal: was the fact that the only time he ever mentioned in his little thing, the only exact time he mentioned was the time they believe. The actual murder occurred. Steve Church. That's fascinating. Isn't it, though? It that's is. how they know. Yeah. And they, they, they do it. Well, I shouldn't be giving it away to fledgling criminals, but that's how police know when you're good for something because you'll be, you'll be, and you can, 
try talking to a teenager sometime. Uh, they'll they'll give you every detail when whenever some oh, egregious thing was committed, they'll know exactly what they were doing at that particular time, but nothing else about anything else. Right? You know, I dealt with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, and it's true every single time. So to the point of you know Comey, Comey talking about all these little things that that were that uh, that happened. You you get the pretty good idea that that he's either just kind of making things up as yeah. he's going along or, or maybe even like, for instance, his hands. I mean, come on, you really believe that we, we, that like, it's something that Comey probably read about, heard about his hands, whatever. And just so happens that in Comey's brilliance, I too exactly. noticed the size of his hands. Yeah. I think the host has him pegged. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, does the host sound like he's from the United States of America? No. Of course not. It takes somebody from a foreign country to call BS on James Comey. Everybody else who's interviewed the guy sits there and just ha- – you, you, can, you, can, you got to jackhammer their right. lips off his rear end. Tell us about your book, James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coming up. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? From the from Discovery Cotton Design Joe? Truck Center and Outfitter Studio, Ranger Friel and Mike Marino, Nick Schroer, both kind of in the green room, so can we light it up we're going to figure here? out whether or not we can get Mike and Shannon in, too. Yes. Mike looking good in his fedora over there. And also, by the way, we're going to have Nick Schroer in just a little bit.
Radio Free Allman, live from the Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitter Studio. And Nick Schroer is going to be on the way. It just so happens that Nick is the general counsel for Arrowhead Building Supply and Discovery Design. And Nick has brought with him something I asked for, which was I needed some kind of banner, some kind of thing for the studio here. And that says Discovery Design on it, so... And eventually, maybe I'll even get a Santino cigar and cocktail light-up neon sign. How does that sound? <laughs> we'll work on that. All right. Mike Marino, thanks for coming in, buddy. Thank you. Welcome. You got his uh, mic going up there? All right. Let me see. Let's uh, figure it out here. Yeah, talk into the mic there, Mike, will you? Morning, everyone. Good, finally. Okay, good, good job. Okay. So listen, man, uh, by the way, thank you for being with us. My and, and thank you for your support of the show. And thank you also for your sponsorship of Radio Free Amalman, brother. It's fantastic. It, you know, it's, it, it, it wasn't about money for me. It's not about advertising. It, 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 it's about what you do and wh- how you get the word out and the message. This is all about educating the public so we don't get our freedoms eroded and taken away by Big Brother. Yeah, I'll tell you, freedom was in full abundance there. On Volga Road in Arnold just the other night uh, when we went in there, Eric Deputy was there, Dr. Deputy was there, and I drove up to the place, and at first glance, it looks like kind of like a, a, a storefront, you know, and, and it is kind of a storefront, but you walk in, and suddenly you're in this cigar and cocktail Disney world. It's like this expansive, beautiful, beautifully lit yeah. Place and as cigar bars go, uh, you know, you'd think, oh, that must be just a guy's den or whatever it happens to be. But no, uh, couples come in there, and 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 Mike mentioned uh, when when I first got there, he says, when you talk to people about uh, Santino cigar and cocktails, tell them I have their bottle, and basically <laughs> that's what this is all about because because I, I tried a multitude of things there that were all. Delicious, by Make the way. Some incredible cocktails with very rare liquor. Yes, indeed. But if you are, and nowadays, like whiskeys are all the rage. So you have all kinds of high end whiskeys, low end whiskeys, whatever people it want. Is, whiskey, bourbon has become highly allocated in this country. It's almost impossible to get a $20 bottle anymore for whatever the reason, the shortage. The, uh, the makers did not anticipate. The rage of bourbon, and that you know, some of this bourbon ages for 10, 12, 15, 20 years. So it's not like they can just make it tomorrow and put it on the shelf. So, yeah, there is a bourbon craze, even scotch. You know, and I, I, I kind of lucked into this. Originally, I was going to open Santino's in St. Louis County because that's where I grew up and that's right. uh, went to high school with Mr. Mr. Church here. <laughs> and even Steve Stinger, our county executive, was my classmate. Did you play in the Lindbergh Band, by the way? I did not Gephardt's play. Announcement. Okay. <laughs> I right. did not. But I could not get a liquor and... <laughs> was that a joke? <laughs> it's a joke. I was just wondering. Uh, I couldn't get a liquor and tobacco permit in St. Louis County. It, it, you, you could either be a bar or you could be a cigar store. You couldn't be both. And I thought, wow, that's an antiquated... Um, un-American rule. And so I found this little place, as you said, all unassuming in a strip mall yeah. in, in Arnold. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it, it's been great. You know, so I, I, I kind of went through the back door and, and got the place. 
uh, but it wasn't where I was originally looking. And now I'm ready to expand, and I'm looking now at St. Charles County, and I hear there is a proposed legislation to have a total ban on smoking, zero exemptions. Not even the casinos can have it. And to me, that was preposterous, outrageous, that government would assume the role of what's best for citizens in, in that county. And, and to me, that's, it's just preposterous. I mean, people work hard every day and hope they get a 1% or 2% raise. And our congressmen and senators exponentially gain um, wealth while they're in office, while everyone else struggles. And, and what is a place like Santino's? It's like the World Cup, right? We're, yeah. We have World Cup soccer right now. What is it? It's all the nations of the world come together and play soccer, and you see the passion, you see the love, you see the enthusiasm on TV, and you sit at a, everybody, all walks of life, they come in. People don't even like soccer. You know, if, even if you don't like it, they're tuned in. Why? Because it brings everyone together. Well, you know what? Right? When, when I was there, though, Mike, it, it, and what was great about it is there's a little place for everybody there. Like if you wanted to go there and you wanted to watch the World Cup or you wanted to watch baseball, you could sit at the bar and watch some baseball. You had some couches over there where you could have a, a little side conversation, Absolutely. whatever you want to do. You could play some poker over here. You could even check out uh, the couple chairs uh, where you got to sit and make a phone call or you can go into the humidor, the gigantic humidor, and check out your cigars there. And I also noticed, by the way, that and, – and I don't mind smoke – but as a cigar bar goes, it's perfectly ventilated. Like, you can't even tell there's any cigar smoke. And I will tell you one thing, though, and this happened during St. Louis County's reign when they were trying to ban smoking in bars and everything else. I said, you know what? If you don't like it, don't go there. You don't have an absolute right to go anywhere you want or eat anywhere you want. I can't make anyone walk through my door, but government shouldn't tell people what they can and can't do. Lighting up a stogie and enjoying a libation. You, I always say, when you come to Santino's and you're sitting in a leather chair and you're watching a Cardinal game and you're having a conversation, you don't know who your next best friend's going to be. Because we get everybody, a police chief, the Indian chief, a judge, a union, plumber, electrician, everybody melts together there, and it's a great time. Yeah. Um, and, and to take that freedom away... I hope the public is just as outraged as I am, and, and I hope the St. Charles County citizens not only vote this legislation down in November, but vehemently oppose it and to show Jefferson City quit taking our freedoms and our rights away. Build roads. You know, I, I drove 25 minutes to get here, and there was a pothole every mile. Yeah. Put the money in schools. Do what you say you're going to do, but the American people can decide what's right for them. I don't understand why politicians busy themselves with this kind of garbage. Why? Why? What are they thinking? What are they? How are they thinking this is going to help? For instance, businesses or casinos, or for that matter, and and, and people like you who actually want to become a tax-paying business in St. Charles County. If this passes, will not become a tax-paying business. There will be no Santino cigars and cocktails in St. Charles County. And it's, it's even bigger than that, Jamie. I am in the process of building a, a shopping center, let's call it, where not only a second Santino's location can be, but where other businesses can, can come in. You know, 
and, and provide tax dollars for the community and everything. I don't understand why it, this industry is demonized. And I think that's, a, that's an appropriate term to describe what government is doing to premium cigar tobacco. In less than two weeks, I'll be in Las Vegas for the IPCPR. That's the International uh, Pipe and Cigar Convention. I knew that. And, you know, obviously we do have, you know, a lobby. That is what IPCPR is. And we're trying to – the lobby – the IPCPR is trying to to designate a distinction. We want government to separate premium uh, cigar tobacco from cigarettes. They are not the same. There's no injection of – harmful chemicals you know what it was reported years ago there was what hundreds or even thousands of chemicals in cigarettes well that's not the case with a cigar right i've been to these factories in the dominican republic i haven't been to nicaragua but i've seen what i've I've seen where they grow these tobacco uh, plants they hang them they dry them and that's how the fermentation there's nothing um harmful they i've never read a study from the, the Journal of American Medicine that can prove any that, that cigars do anything harmful to us. But even like if, cigarettes. Even, and even if, if it did, it's it's everyone's right. individual right, right to decide if they want to um, take part. I mean, cars cause harm to people. I, I mean, I mean it, it's 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 ridiculous. And and again, we, I go back to St. Charles, St. Louis County, and they did pass this thing, by the way. I think they grandfathered some people in, but if there are people who really honestly believe that they it's their God-given right to go to any place they want to go, any restaurant they want to go to, and I got bad news for you. You really don't. And if you don't like the smoke at a restaurant or at a bar, then don't go there. Don't bring your kids there. Don't do whatever it is that you don't like about the smoke and let everybody live the way they want to live. Yes, it, it, it's it, it, it's it's become almost shameful. It, it's you know we we already are a divided country with the haves and the have-nots, and 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 they really like to um, to accentuate that. And Santino's provides that environment, like we talked about, or like Doctor Naputi mentioned the other day. It's where everybody can melt and come together from all walks of life. Doesn't matter your race, your religion, your creed, whoever you are, you're welcome. I always say I, I, there there was a. A Facebook comment at, on on our website, and I don't do Facebook, and I don't do the internet. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm an old fashioned guy. Someone said it made a comment that said, "I came in Santino's, I didn't know anyone, and when I left, I knew everyone." I have cut. Cu- I have customers that will help other customers pick out a cigar, have a drink. They don't even work for me; they're yeah. just a customer. It, it's that kind of environment. Yeah. And you know it's it's not uncommon to get our state senator or our police chief or our prosecuting attorney or anybody to walk in the store and 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 people enjoy themselves yeah. and people become friends and that's what it's all about. And, and it's kind of like you, you it's kind of like you drink stylistically too because I I was telling people and I and I and since I am on Facebook I've been waiting to have uh, Mike in because we have pictures I have a bunch of great pictures from the time I was there with Dr. Deputy and the rest of the gang and Shannon and Jen your uh, bartenders uh, there uh, and I think you know, there was somebody else I met over there too uh, and and uh, all of your 
the, the great people who work there and who hang out there. And so I got a bunch of pictures I'm going to be putting on Facebook today. I'll make a big post. And then, of course, thank you for your support of Radio Fee Almond. SantinoCigars.com is the website, correct? Let me just check it out here. Yes. You have a beautiful picture there of this chick smoking a cigar. And That's you know, good. I've been fortunate that in the in the liquor industry right now, as we mentioned before, bourbon is highly allocated. And I, you know, I uh, I'm friends with Julian Van Winkle from Pappy Van Winkle yeah. down in Buffalo Trace, where they they uh, uh, manufacture the product. That's expensive. Some of that, isn't it? It is. I'm the only one in the metropolitan area that has. Every Pappy Van Winkle. I have over 400 bourbons and scotches. I even have over 60 craft beers. So um, it's a very unique, eclectic experience. And if you're looking for that hard-to-find bourbon, believe me, I've got it. Um, I also can sell it. I have a, a bottle license, so it's it's uh, you know I oh really I don't rip anyone off. I mean the the secondary market of of bourbon yeah. is crazy. You could sell it by the bottle there? I can't. Oh. I was very, very fortunate that I, I did, was able to get that license, and um, I don't really promote it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is available, and it, it, you know, for, for your, your bourbon enthusiast or your scotch enthusiast, it, it, it's, it's, it's a, as, as you know, Steve, it, it, it's a great place. Yep. I mean, it, yeah. I have everything. I have what everybody else doesn't have. They don't, you know, my little joke, my little mantra is you couldn't get this liquor, this variety in Frontenac, Chesterfield, the no. Central West End, anywhere. Only I call it beautiful downtown Arnold. Yeah, we, and that's have... because I was forced to go there because of these restrictive laws. Yeah. And 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 I hope that we can change this. Stop it in St. Charles County and somehow amend it in St. Louis County. Is that on the August ballot or November? Yeah, November. Okay, yeah, because people need to, uh, now. I talked to the 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 secretary for the county uh, clerk in St. Charles County, and, and she said he was in Jeff City yesterday. They were supposed to email me the actual language. Mm-hmm. But, folks, at the end of the day, it's a total ban, zero, and, and I repeat, zero exemptions. So that's what we're looking at in November. It's, 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 un-amer- it's, not, fa- it's not just unfair, it's un-American. Yeah. We should be able to choose as Americans. If you incrementally erode freedom... What do we have, Jamie? We, we've already had many freedoms removed and taken away and stripped from us. Um, like you, you mentioned earlier, why are they worried about this? Shouldn't they be concerned with more pressing issues in our in Absolutely. our counties, in our country, <laughs> in our society? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, these guys, and I'm surprised it's coming from St. Charles County, where I thought people were a little more sensible based on my experience than like in St. Louis right. County. I thought maybe St. Charles County, you'd get a different breed of individuals, but apparently everybody ultimately learns to be a bunch of officious statists, and that's well, what's going on you over know, there. Most people, I believe, hardworking, taxpaying citizens, but you know, they're, they, they work like they're busy. And I think a lot of things are done behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's unfair. So just if, if I didn't just, you know, uh, walk into this, you know, blindly because I realized I couldn't open up in St. Louis County and I started, you know, investigating this. And, and, and it, you know, this is what happens. You get a, a person or a group in government and they have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And the rest of America is blind to it because we're busy trying to figure out 
how to make money and pay our bills. Yeah, pe- these people who can't won't mind their own business, which I think the, which I think they ought to do. And a lot of us in this realm uh, will just sit on a lot of different issues. Let mind our own business and just let people thrive. Let capitalism, commerce thrive and and let the market decide who's going to win who's exactly. going to lose that's how it works that's exactly capitalism will decide what is fruitful and what won't work okay right if people don't want to smoke cigars and enjoy a, a rare libation they won't do it but i'm here to tell you even in arnold the most unassuming place you've been there it's thriving it's successful and it's a melting pot for everyone to enjoy. But the yeah. last place you'd expect is Arnold. Right. Now, we, I do want you guys out in St. Charles County. and I, I am trying. Go to, to <laughs> SantinoCigars.com. You can see it all there in, uh, in living color. But I will give you one example. Don't wait until it comes to St. Charles County. It's really, actually, in Arnold, it's really easy to get to. Because I'll never forget, when I was on my way there, I was over at the MAC in West County, and uh, De Pere. And and I was thinking, oh man! I even texted Eric and I said, I'm running late. I'm going to be uh, getting there late. And I assumed it was going to take me like a half hour to get there from West St. Louis County, and uh, which, by the way, isn't very far from St. Charles County. And so I went ahead and just put the address on Vogel Road there into the the map, whatever it was, and I said, you're ten minutes away. I'm going. 10 minutes away. I'm not even going to, I wasn't even late for once. I mean, it was like, it was, I, I, I couldn't believe I wasn't late to this thing. And it, honestly, just write down 270. You're there. 270, 55, you're there. Well, it's great for, for the people who live in the city. Uh, even I get a lot of people from the Grove. It's a straight shot down 55, 10, 12 minutes away. And as you said, the other direction, you hop on 270. The great thing is I'm right off 55. You never make a left or a right. You never have to detour and go anywhere. As soon as you exit Richardson Road, it's right there. Yes. And 270, so, one of the greatest interstates in the world, baby. Yeah. You can go 150 on that thing and nobody's going to go near you. Mike, could, could talk about the decor. I mean, when you walked into that place when you and what you did to it with well, the lighting and the – Well, you know, I, I, I envisioned um, – my family's been in business in this town for 80 years. And when I sold it as a president in the 80th year, I sold it to our employees, not another big company. These employees invested their lives 30 years in our business, and I rewarded them with the business. And, you know um, – It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, so I w- it, it, when I had to move to Arnold because I couldn't go to St. Louis County, I wanted to be the best. I was the best at what I did in my, our family business. And when you think of cigars, you think of relaxing. You think of leather chairs, it being plush. You think of wood on the walls. You, you think of kind of like that roaring 20s, right? right. That, that's kind of the eclectic environment and decor I want it. It kind of seemed like a little bit of a speakeasy spe- element to th- it. Th- that's know? exactly. You know, you're drinking the rarest bourbon in the world that, like you said, you can't get in Frontenac, Ledoux, Chesterfield, but you can get it in Arnold, and 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 it's great. It, you know, I, I wanted that that feel, that that decor to be over the top, so to speak. I, I didn't want it, it to be a bar. It's not a bar. I always tell people, I'm not a bar, and they say, well, you have liquor. You're a bar. No, I'm a cigar lounge. The lounge implies premium liquor 
just like the premium right. cigars were. And Stevie, about. you know what's cool about it too is that it's not dark. You right. know what I mean? And, and you think, well, I don't want to go to, into this really bright bar, but it's not bright either. It's got kind of like this very nicely so, lit. I mean, it looks like you took a lot of time in trying to determine how things so are going to work. Two and look. things I really focused on, and I, I want to give a little shout out. I mean, I know Eric Naputi, Doctor Naputi, is a good friend, and he comes there. And don't he tell me he helped you decorate no, the place no. too. For crying out loud, he has no decorating abilities, <laughs> okay, just like myself. <laughs> but I, I found, ironically, a customer walked in, Chris, and he and he owns a company called RJI in Chesterfield, uh-huh. and he is the he has the equipment that eliminates the smoke, and he has the equipment for my temperature and humidity control. And when he came in, he says, first thing he says, Mike, I, I'm sorry, I know what you want, I sell it, but I don't do jobs this small. And I said, well, what do you mean, Chris? He says, well, I put these in casinos in Las Vegas. I put these in hospitals. Um, I'm busy. I'm so busy, I wouldn't have time to do this. Well, he enjoys cigars so much <laughs> that he made an exception. And that's why I have that unique um, environment where you mentioned there's no smoke. I know there's a lot of women um, who smoke and will come. they want to come in and they think – they think of it as your traditional great grandfather's cigar right. shop where right. it's smoky. Women don't want their hair and clothes to smell like smoke when they leave. And you walk in my place and there could be 20 people smoking. And do you see any smoke lingering in the air? And the, right. and the answer is no. I paid an enormous amount of money. It is the exact systems that are in Las Vegas casinos. Same with the temperature and humidity control. You can go to any cigar store in this area and grab a cigar. And it's a good stick. But you come to my place and it is perfect temperature and humidity control. And I give all thanks to RJI because um, I had to convince yeah. him, help the small guy out. Yeah. That, that, it, <laughs> is really, it is really cool. Because you're kind of, you know, I don't really, I haven't been, I've been to the one over the Ritz. And I, I you know, and, and to me, it's just a little too, it's it's stuffy, dark, it's stuffy. Small, it's like, woo. But, but nonetheless, I know a lot of people go there, so it's cool. You know, Probably, but this my, is a nice place, man. I always yeah. say that my place is Elegant, unique, eclectic, not overly ostentatious, right? It's not the Ritz where you feel stuffy and uptight and it's hard to relax, Yeah, right? And so this is for everyone. Yeah, and I will tell you too, and this is where the ne- the next day after I had been at Centino's the night before, I came in. I was fine, I'm, but, but considering what I t- did, what I tasted – You'd think, oh, you must have been, you know, uh, stumbling out of the place. And it was like, no, I, I got there. I had, I've always wanted to have, I, I wanted to try because I knew, I know that High West Campfire is one of the newest renditions of, uh, of High West out there. So I think I had a little High West Campfire, you know, one, two I think fingers. I might have even given you a Yippie Kaye by oh, Kai was, West. No, it, actually, no, it was, yes, it was Yippie Kaye. Which is very High hard West, to get. Which, which is hard to get and just absolutely great. So I had, you know, two fingers in a cube on that one. And then I had a a gin. Uh, no, I'll say I can't remember what I had first. I, then I, then I had a gin which I'd never had before, and I'm a big gin fan. Monkey forty seven. Monkey forty seven. I've actually never seen Monkey forty seven in any store, any liquor store anywhere. Yes, and and, and you know, and that's you, you, we're speaking of gin, but when you get to to bourbon, it's just crazy. You just you see this stuff on TV or or, or on the internet. But you can't find it. Yeah. You can't get it. And like I said, the great thing is I have over 400, and luckily it comes to me all the time. Yeah. And um, I want people to know from St. Louis County, Baldwin, Chesterfield, wherever the city, 
there, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm finally being noticed and, uh, it, I, I understand it's an, it's an, uh, obscure location for what I do, but, um, it's really easy to get yeah, to and great. You guys will look at love it. And if you do go, I want you to make sure you thank, uh, Mike and Shannon and the rest of the crew there for their support of Radio Free Almond. I mean, we're a slowly building company ourselves here at Radio Free Almond, and people like Mike and his team and, and who are stepping up and supporting this product, uh, which is I, I want you all to show him as much love as you can, even if it's just a matter of popping in there and buying a bottle of Monkey 47, whatever it happens to be, I want you to go in there, if you can, on Vogel Road, and thank him. SantinoCigars.com is the website. So after I had the Monkey 47, then (laughs) Mike wanted to show me his his own brand of tequila, which actually Stevie has in his hand, and it is called? It's Sonora Bacanora. So... Um, it's made in the state of Sonora. Mexico is divided into states like like us in the United States. And um, y- you know cognac. Cognac yeah. is called cognac because it's from the cognac region of France. You, nothing else can be called cognac unless right. it's made there. Well, Bacanora, tequila is made from five plants you can make tequila from. Most people, you know, the most popular one is the agave plant, right? right. Most people understand that, know that. There's sodal. So that's a little bit more obscure. There's you've, some people have heard of mezcal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck, there's one other one, and then at the end, there's bacanora, and no one makes tequila from bacanora except us, and that's what gives it its distinct taste. It it's almost a smoky um, fl- profile, yeah. like a bourbon or scotch, yeah. and it's a sipping tequila. It's not a shooting tequila. You don't need lime. You don't need salt. And, yeah, then, Steve. We, and then we incorporated a cream to go into it, and that gives us our, our Bacanora de Cream. And you can put that in coffee. You can drink that straight up. That thing has won awards in California. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. Yeah. I'm leaving that for you guys. Um, you can find it at Schnooks. If Schnooks, your local Schnooks doesn't have it, you just ask the manager. Yeah. They bring it in. It's in their system. Lucas and Randall's has it. It's, it's spreading across the country. Cool. We're having a hard time just keeping up with the demand. We don't open up another state unless we know we can supply that state. Right now, we're in eight states. We started in California, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, now Missouri. And the cool thing, everyone... Everyone that's associated with this company, my friends, we're all from either Jefferson County or St. Louis County. So this truly is a local brand. Yeah, and it's really it's it goes down so easy. Now you have this version, which is more like a dessert version. Yes, of the this Sonora. is this is the bacanora with the cream. This right. is, this is I, I I I call it dessert. It's, it's, it's incredible. People have said it's uh, they enjoy it better than uh, rum chata. Yeah, or right. Bailey's, and um, it, it it it's it's a hit. And also, then you have also just the, the just the white the the, ver, the regular the regular version. tequila yeah. version, the regular yeah. bacanora. And now yeah. in August, we are going to release a new Sonora bacanora product, which will have a pineapple flavor. Oh, nice to it! So, I bet you that's good. So it it it's um, already been sampled and tested out west in California, and it's a hit. So I think we'll be distributing sometime in August. Nice. It'll hit the other states. I, I got to tell you that, you know, and so, again, I didn't – I just I went, just had a couple drinks. That was about it. It's really easy. You don't have to go there and, 
and wear a lampshade on your head, and you can actually <laughs> enjoy uh, enjoy this. And I thought it was kind of cool too, the whole agave thing, because everybody's like, "Oh, it's got to have agave in it." It's kind of like, "Oh, no, it doesn't." It, this is just a different kind of region, different version you know, of it. I I almost attribute it to like craft beer, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, we've all grown up on, on the cheap beers. We don't have to mention. We know what they are. And then the craft beer industry just exploded, right? And there was a better option. Well, that's exactly what te- yeah. what's happened with tequila is everybody's had agave, and there's nothing special about it. Right. And I think this will um, blow people's mind that this doesn't even taste like tequila. It tastes like a, a bourbon or scotch. Yeah. It's a sipping tequila. Yeah. And uh, But the... You know, everyone loves the cream. The cream is it's just good. Is, Why don't you try some over there, Stevie? Oh, I will. Thank you. <laughs> you pour some in the glass for yourself. I got to drive to Kansas City. I can't touch this stuff, but you know. <laughs> sip. No, nah. I mean honestly, there's no way. But I, but but I did. I had some while I was at, there, and it's. I had both kinds. I had the regular kind, then I had that kind, and it was really good. I mean, it really is groundbreaking, and. Buddy, I, I love your style. I love your energy. I love your passion. I love the variety at Santino's. And it just is a, and plus it's such a positive place. You know, cigar bars in general always tended to be kind of like these, these elusive places for people and, and exclusive well, places. Yes, and, and they tended to be, because I, before I opened, I visited every cigar store. In town, just about everyone, and and you, it, it seemed clicky. It, yeah, it's, if you weren't part of the group, you just didn't feel welcome. And, and downtown, and, yeah, and that is just <sighs> the opposite of what we do. And that's why the you know read our, our our Facebook comments. You know, people to say you know I didn't know anybody when I came in, and, and when I left. I knew everyone. I did. You know, it was so great because I met, and I wish I could remember their names because I, I think I. Um, I might have put them in the phone, but there were two uh, people who were kind of high up in the Navy, the U.S. Navy. Yes, they are. Just and a, about to get. I think they're getting married yes, now. I, I can't say what they do no, or where right. they work. But, yeah. and you know we do have NGA right next door to us. Yeah, and so yeah, I you know I I'm a huge supporter of the military. I, I love slow this. down over there, puppy bo- puppy dog. <laughs> I I you know <laughs> I, I I love the country, love the military. You know we. Uh, the flag flies high on, yeah. a, on a carved eagle, a custom artwork. I love that. Did you see that? Yeah. So that's what we do. You know, the environment is you know custom furniture. Um, it's all about unique. It, it, it's it's all about America, right? It's all. Yeah. It's that's why men, women. I, I mentioned this. There, yeah. No race, religion, <laughs> or creed gets in the way. We it, it, it's for it's for everyone to have a good time. Yeah. You know, it's and then this is why I started. If this is not a right, left, or center issue. This is just about freedom. It's about America. Love freedom. Get out of the way and let the American people decide what's best for them. Yeah, because eventually, here's what happens, and it's always a slippery slope. I mean, you might say, oh, ha, 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 you know, those conservatives are really getting stuck up their rears now. But just wait, because this very same people, when when another somebody else is in power, whatever, they'll come after something you love. Once once the gate is opened, it doesn't matter what it is. You just have to be concerned about these people coming after something you, you like or you covet. That, that is correct. I mean, and, and you know, unfortunately, um, government officials, whether they're in the Congress, the Senate, or local, it, it, I, I don't like the atmosphere of dividing people. 
the division of people is is the problem. And and you know, people get along. It's the government that gets in our way. Yeah. Do your job. Leave the rest of it. Well, because most to people, people, Mike. I mean, I I, I I do this issue with with the with the gay marriage issue all the time. You know, most gay people and most other people who aren't gay just want to let people live. And if you want to get married, get married. If you don't. Don't get married, but and 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 like for instance, you have certain active uh, groups that are there that are that are these activist groups, but they don't really represent uh, that, everybody. That is and like correct. the anti-smoking activist groups, there are a lot of people out there who will say, "Oh, I just won't." go there then since I don't like smoke. And so they'll make a decision very organically, very normally, and they'll well, just say, okay, I just won't go there. Well, and you said it more eloquently than I ever could, and, 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 and that is my point. We're that great melting pot. You know, you mentioned the, the gay community. I, 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 you know, I've broke a lot of doors and stigmas for that area, and you know, it, it, it's, it, it's just a fun, safe environment yeah right you, 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 it, it's not what you think of and that's why i say it's not a cigar bar it's a cigar lounge and all walks of life come in there and we embrace it we love it you could get you know, i think you can get us you can get a pbr there if you want to right you, yeah. you could get if you want that you can yeah. get it or i have 60 other craft <laughs> right, beers actually i mean that's what's great about it some people on there they'll come in they'll have a bud select and then other people will have a, a 300 dollar uh, two fingers of uh, Pappy Van Winkle. You know, I even make it's it, it's a joke. I make a this custom ice ball, right? It's a, it, it's an actual round cylinder. I had ball that in the in the bourbon, and yeah, yes. the, you know, I don't know anyone in town that does that. The only place they that I know they do that are are places like mine, or in Las Vegas at the casinos, and you actually pay five dollars for that ice ball in Las Vegas. Wow, at Santino's, there's no additional charge. Just enjoy yourself. But I, you know, we make everyone a custom ice ball for their bourbon or scotch or whatever they want you know it was it was spare no expense and be the best and everyone is welcome yeah and leave us alone i love let us enjoy our cigars and our libations right on santinocigars.com it's right there on vogel road in beautiful jefferson county and buddy i can't thank you enough for your support of this show and this operation. It really means a lot. certainly means a lot to our audience, uh, and it means a lot to everybody who uh, knows that there's great independent businessmen out there who are working hard, trying to serve people, make people happy, and supporting Radio Free Almond. Thank you, brother. Yeah, and that's why I'm so glad to support you and come on. You're not only the voice of freedom, you're the voice of sanity. There you go. You bring bring everything down to earth. Um, It's not that complicated. No. It really isn't. No. And I I appreciate your voice of reason. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that, Mike Marino. And uh, we're going to eventually have a Radio Free Almond happy hour down there, much like we had here at Gaslight. So we're going to – don't get too excited over there, Tequila Boy. (laughs) What are you doing? What? No, we're going to have a nice little happy hour down there. It'd be awesome. I think we're going to set that up pretty – Pretty quickly too. Whatever uh, you like. Uh, sometime in July, maybe early August, whatever, and uh, and just see the place. But I guarantee you, you, stop by and see it. One last thing that's exciting yeah. news for the metropolitan area, even Southern Illinois. I was selected as the only place in Missouri that will be getting a barrel of Weller Antique One Hundred Seven. Now that is not an expensive bottle, 
but it's the mo- one of the most elusive bourbons that you can get, and I am getting the whole barrel. I go down on July 20th to Buffalo Trace to sample and pick my barrel out, nice. and then they will bottle it, put our label on it, and they'll ship it to us. It'll be available for sale by bottle or by pour. I'm hoping sometime in August or September, but yes, we were selected throughout the whole state. Only I got it. Wow. So um, it's something uh, that your audience can look forward to. I know I can't, I can't even get I, – I can get very little of it. It just is so highly allocated. So where you can't even get a bottle, I will have a whole barrel. Well, maybe when you so, get that, maybe that's when we have our happy hour. I don't I, know. I don't I, want to wait till September to tell you the truth, but we'll we'll figure something out. Okay, yeah. great. No, no, we're not. Yes, waiting. Steve Church, yeah. did you have a question or comment, <laughs> yeah. please? Uh, what Steve kind of Church. entertainment do you have, Mike, over there? Well, you know, we. Uh, it, it's interesting. We're doing something new on the thirtieth. We're going to have a, a a comedy night. It's the same comedians that go to places like the Funny Bone. And the cool thing is, there's no admission. I'm covering all the cost. It's free and open to the public. So we're going to have a cool comedy night. We have bands. We have great local bands. It's a, it's a small place, but uh, that, I think that's what makes it fun. You're, you're, you're right there in arm's length from some of the coolest bands in St. Louis. We uh, have Clint from uh, Trixie Delight uh, that plays every Wednesday night. So we incorporate a lot of neat entertainment. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's amazing how, again, I, I compare it to the speakeasy only because you, you go in through the door and it is almost like it's this expansive, just wonderland. And it's really cool. So a lot of room there and a lot of free air there and a lot of great cigars and a tremendous amount of whiskeys, gins, vodkas, tequilas, you name it. So, you know, I know we didn't mention. Cigars that much, but yeah. there's over 700 facings of cigars to go along with almost a thousand bottles of liquor. It, it's, wow. it's just unmatched. So you call them facings, huh? That's what the industry calls Got them. It. A, a, fa- a facing's just a, a, the brand of that cigar. Well, you know what he offered to do, Mike offered to do, is eventually we're going to have a Radio Free Almond cigar. We're going to have a specially labeled Radio Free Almond cigar. Baby. We're going to let you design it awesome. to your palate. Nice, I love it. I love it, and and they've got the big, like, the great, big, beautiful humidor there, or the walk-in humidor. Is that what they call those? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you can go in there and check it out. So it's gonna be fun. Be great. Well, I'm gonna thank just you. put this logo. I'm gonna just put this logo around the cigar. <laughs> be great, man. And we'll and we'll have those available when we uh, kick off the happy hour at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. But Thank congratulations you. on a great business, buddy. Uh, really a great pleasure to meet you. Thank you, Dr. Eric Deputy, for introducing us. And again, uh, please, if you can... Uh, thank Mike and Shannon and the rest of the crew there at Santino Cigars and Cocktails on Vogel Road in beautiful Arnold, SantinoCigars.com. Thank them for their support of Radio Free Almond. And this is uh, the start of a beautiful relationship, as they say. Yes, it is. Thank right, you. Brother. Thanks so much. Mike Marino, SantinoCigars.com. Check it out, baby. Radio Free Almond from the Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitter Studio, baby. About the house went blue. I come home one Friday. Had to tell the landlady I done lost my job. She said, that don't confront me. Long as I get my money next Friday. Now next Friday I come, I didn't get the rent. And out the door I went. So I goes to the landlady. I said, you let me slide. 
have the rent for it or more the next day I don't know So so let me slide it on, you know, people I notice when I come home in the evening She ain't got nothing nice to say to me But for five years, she was so nice Lord, she would love her dove it I come home one particular evening The landlady said, you got the rent money yet? I said, no, can't find no job Therefore, I ain't got no money to pay the rent She said, I don't believe you try to find no job Said, I seen you today, you were standing on a corner Leaning up against a post I said, but I'm tired I've been walking all day She said, that don't confront me Long as I get my money next Friday Now next Friday I come out in the other end And out the door I went So I go down the streets Down to my good friend's house I said, look man I'm outdoors, you know Can I stay with you maybe a couple days? He said, oh, let me go and ask my wife. He come out of the house. I could see his face. I know there was no. He said, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, she kind of funny, you know. I said, I know. Everybody funny. Now you funny, too. So I go back home. I tell the landlady, I got a job. I'm going to pay the rent. She said, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. And then she was so nice Lord, she would love it, love it So I go in my room Pack up my things and I go I slip on out the back door Down the streets I go She uh, hollering about the front rent. She'll be lucky to get in the back rent. She ain't gonna get none of it. So I stop in the local bar, you know, people. I go to the bar. I rent my coat. I call a bartender. So look, man, come down here. He got down there. So what you want? I want bourbon. Since I don't know when I've been drinking bourbon whiskey Scotch and gin Gonna get high, man I'm gonna get loose Need me a triple shot of that juice Gonna get drunk, don't you have no fear I want one bourbon, one scotch, one beer One bourbon, one scotch, one beer Ah, <laughs> uh, good old George Thurgood, baby. Gotta love that. And thank you, Mike Marino. SantinoCigars.com. Thank you for all of that. And thank you for uh, your support of Radio Free Almond. And listen, we are in a situation uh, here where we are growing business ourselves, much like Santino Cigars is. And here's a guy who's stepping up. 
and uh, helping this radio network grow. And so hopefully you guys can get out there and take advantage of uh, thanking him for uh, his support. He and Shannon are a great group of folks, and they are amazing. And so if you get a chance to get down there to Santino Cigars and Cocktails right off Vogel Road, Really easy to get to, and you're going to love uh, what they have to offer down there. And and as Mike said, the whole vibe is uh, we have your bottle, and they indeed do. By the way, quick update on last night and uh, and and what happened in Utah and New York. First of all, Mitt Romney wins. Uh, you know the guy who doesn't order the soup. He won in Utah, and so he's going to. I hope he doesn't become the next Jeff Flake, but we'll see how that whole thing goes. And so, uh, interestingly enough, in New York, you had this member of the resistance who is uh, who has defeated an establishment Democrat candidate in New York. So the Democratic Party seemingly – with its actions and its craziness, and now, of course, it's inciting anger towards Trump supporters and Republicans and demanding confrontations at gasoline stations. Uh, it's, uh, that's going to be their thing. They're owning this, and they've, they've decided that the resistance and that, the, uh, that, that the being far left is going to be their tactic – and I'm not quite sure that's going to work out for them in 2018. In fact, I'm absolutely positive of it because things are just getting worse and worse and worse. The Supreme Court basically handing the left their asses two times yesterday, not only when it comes to anti-abortion clinics, as they called them. And these are places like Thrive and other folks like that. And there have been laws that have been passed that have mandated that these places – Tell people that, you know, you can get an abortion after all, when actually their goal is to try to offer alternatives to abortions. And so the Supreme Court said, you can't tell a place like Thrive to tell people that abortions are available. You can't make them do it if they don't agree with it on moral grounds. And it's so great how that came off the heels of a woman at a restaurant, uh, the Red Hen, who decided that she – uh, didn't want Sarah Huckabee Sanders to be eating there based on her moral grounds. So apparently uh, you might – she should agree with this Supreme Court decision because it's uh, taking people uh, and giving them the power of their own viewpoints, their own morality to exercise uh, their religious freedom. And in this case, uh, the Supreme Court sided with common sense. And, of course, you also know that the president's travel ban was indeed reaffirmed and that's because, as we've told you time and time again, I've been telling you for months now, even even before the president decided he was going to um, impose this or, or talk about it, the president has, and it might make you uncomfortable, broad, unbelievably sweeping powers when it comes to deciding who comes in and who doesn't come into this country. And it might make you uncomfortable. If that's the case, then you got to change it. But Congress has clearly given the president – Supreme powers and and great powers uh, to be able to decide who comes in here. If he doesn't like people with beards, he could tell them not to come into this country. But, of course, that would be shameful because then, of course, if you don't like people with beards, then you can't possibly 
be hanging out with a guy like Nick Schwar because he is a state rep. He's a good guy, and he's in the studio with us. Hi, Nick. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing excellent. Isn't it pretty amazing, though? I loved I tried to explain this earlier how uh, we have a situation where uh, the Supreme Court basically reaffirmed what is really the constitutional federalist founding father construct, which is installing checks and balances. And I think the Supreme Court looked at this thing and said, all right, so everything worked out kind of perfectly here. Congress was checked. They checked the executive branch. The executive branch checked Congress. Congress gave the executive branch broad powers in terms of travel bans. And uh, so it all worked out the way they envisioned it to work out. Well, it's a beautiful thing, the concept that our founders envisioned and what they instilled within our founding documents. And like you said, it it worked out perfectly. Uh, And that's why a lot of people in the state of Missouri, a lot of people get frustrated if we are slow to act. Um, But that's, you know, ethics reform. We passed for the past two years, we passed it out of the House, the very first thing that we passed. And we've got people like... uh, Senator, who's now termed out, is up there for 16 years, has killed our attempts for ethics reform and now uh, backing something called Clean Missouri. But it's slow. The process is supposed to be slow. It's supposed to be deliberate. Uh, and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to see um, the, the majority of the Supreme Court decide the way that they did, which makes it even more important why we have somebody like Trump, because if we didn't have Trump, we wouldn't have Gorsuch. And if Kennedy steps down, if Ginsburg steps down, those are two that are going to be filled by somebody as young as Gorsuch that's going to be up there for a lifetime making incredibly common sense decisions like we saw yesterday. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And uh, Representative Shore, I appreciate your voice of reason. I, I kind of refer to you guys down there uh, of, of your ilk down there as kind of our, our own Freedom Caucus, yeah. which is really uh, kind of very important when it comes to local politics and when it comes to what's going on down there in Jefferson City. And so we need a Freedom Caucus, essentially, to like we have with Mike Lee and Rand Paul and those guys up there in D.C. and Ted Cruz. We need a Freedom Caucus to keep track of the rhinos, to keep ta- track of the Republicrats. And I will tell you, I've never talked to you about Clean Missouri, hmm. but I will tell you that that thing seems like a complete and total ruse. And I realize there are a lot of Republicans down there who are supporting it. Unfortunately, in my opinion, they're the usual suspects, not yeah. your term, my, mine. And they are individuals who have clearly uh, been trying to pull the wool over the eyes of the Missouri citizenry because really what this clean Missouri is, and it's almost like, well, why would you oppose something called clean Missouri? Yeah. Actually, it sounds like you know they just want clean water for everybody. But the fact of the matter is, it's, it is, and who would not want ethics reform? But tucked into this bill is... Section 3. Yeah, is uh, this redistricting mm-hmm. thing and this concept of having the state demographer within the office of, oh, it just so happens, the democratically controlled auditor, at the least only, for now. The only statewide office that's held by a Democrat. Yeah. And so this is uh, something that we need Republicans like you uh, to fight yeah. and, and to also keep the Republicrats from being part of this so-called bipartisan effort to get the thing passed. Well, you can see uh, those that are currently serving, those that are coming back that have not been termed out. And there's only, I'm only aware of one Republican, quote unquote Republican, who's termed out, has been up there 16 years, didn't get the job done in 16 years, which is half of my damn lifetime. And if you can't get something done within half of my lifetime, I don't think you're in a good advocate for the people that you represent. So like I said, the past two years, uh, or year and a half rather, since I've been up there as a freshman, 
ethics reform, lobbyist gift bans, those are two things that we coupled in this omnibus uh, ethics reform, sent over the very first week, first couple days of the, uh, the House, sent it over to the Senate, was threatened to be filibustered by the same person who's saying, oh, no, 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 we need ethics reform. Well, why the hell haven't you got it done in 16 years? So when you look at Section 3, um, and, and by the way, this, is, this has been made by, uh, I think it's Progress Missouri. Uh, it's a far left-leaning group. It was created by them. It's funded by liberals such uh-huh. as George Soros, Planned Parenthood, um, unions, uh, trial attorneys, a lot of people that want to see Republicans out of office. So when you talk about clean Missouri, it's not just cleaning up corruption. It's cleaning Missouri of Republicans because they're tucked in Section 3 would allow the state demographer to implement a spoken wheel type, which is seen in Illinois, yeah. which you could connect Warrington all the way to the city of St. Louis. How do you connect it? By using the Highway 70. Right. So, and, and that's and, and all you have to do is look at what's going on, like, for instance, in Cook County, Illinois. Oh, it's why Cook County, even though you look in the suburbs of Chicago and there are Republican enclaves everywhere there, but it's how we got the Madigan Mafia in Illinois. It's how you got this stronghold because, as you said, well, it's kind of – it's not really that complicated, but it's a little complicated. If you just look – at, uh, just take your hand and uh, hold it upside down or right side up and stick your fingers out, mm-hmm. and you'll see basically what is this spoke um, yeah. effect where you can take one group and then you, and you go ahead and get that little sliver. You keep putting these slivers down there so that if it doesn't take Republicans out, it at least makes it hugely competitive and expensive divide and, and it's fake yeah. it's 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 yeah. it's not organic yeah and what you're going to see is a representative a cattle farmer in uh let's say northern missouri representing somebody in kansas city and how you know, it's not a true representation of that district you know that that representative who lives out in northern missouri in the, the rural district is not going to know what's going on is not going to feel what's going on in the city of kansas city let's say crime for example um I'm very unique in the fact that I grew up in Ferguson, Missouri, have always had a farm in Fayette, Missouri. Uh, There's not many people like that that have the urban and rural knowledge. So, you know, having a representative like that in that type of situation would almost be a disservice to both districts, which would be compiled into one. All right. So let me ask you this then. Why would a Republican support this thing? You know, it's a lot of speculation. I've heard um, maybe there's kickbacks. Uh, Maybe there's some reason that they are – uh, advocating for this when they've they've threatened to kill ethics reform in the past. I don't know. Uh, maybe they are going into a, a lobbying career, and I've heard that getting set up. Right. Maybe if you advocate for this and go out and push this as a quote-unquote Republican, we'll set you up with a uh, prestigious lobbying career. And to me, that that you know, your previous guest was talking about liberty. Uh, I think this this entire mess is choking out liberty and choking the voices of Missouri, and so the Democrats can shove down our throats their agenda that we've rejected time and time and time after again at the polls. Well, let me uh, ask you this, because if, if you look, and, and we don't need to name names, all you have to do is, is look at the Republicans who are supporting Clean Missouri, and you'll find that a lot of them who are supporting it just happen to be term limited. So there are people who are supporting it who a year from now will not be lawmakers yeah. and will not be accountable to the voters who uh, for for going against conservative ideals and supporting something like this. So in my opinion, there's got to be some kind of reason, motivation why these guys who are term and why so many Republicans supporting it just happen to be term limited. That stinks to high heaven. Well, I think, you know, it's going to be hindsight in a year, two years from now, uh, whether this is passed or killed at the uh, the polls in November. 
when we look back a year or two years from now, we'll be able to see what happened. We'll be able to see what position they're in now. Are they a lobbyist for you know this far left organization? Uh, did they get any money from George Soros to run locally, kind of like Kim Gardner did? Yeah, I don't know. We'll be able to see, but I know it stinks to high heaven. And the Democrats have admitted, uh, my friends on the opposite side of the aisle in private, they will admit that, yes, this is about redistricting. This <laughs> right. is not about cleaning up ethics reform because the Republicans have pushed it. With these guys term limited out in the Senate, this should get done this next year. Um, but when, when I talk to them, they've indicated that uh, the process, oh, that the, they think that the Republicans have an advantage of the, the redistricting process. So for those viewers at home, when you look at the way it's redistricted now, it is fair, even-handed. A, a committee is formed, a bipartisan committee. They come up, look at the census, they look at the districts, they look at county lines, uh, so not to have those uh, issues where cattle farmers representing uh, a very urban area mm-hmm. where they don't really are familiar with the issues there. So this bipartisan process and a bipartisan committee will agree. They'll come to an agreement, make these districts, bring it to the court, which in Missouri, we have the nonpartisan court plan. So you will present it to a nonpartisan judge. The judge will look it over, look at the census, and determine if these are fair or not. So it is a bipartisan or nonpartisan court, or, uh, plan yeah. in redistricting, but the left still makes you want to believe, just like many things. They're trying to shove down our throats that this is gerrymandering, where in fact, they will agree in private that, no, clean Missouri is about gerrymandering absolutely. in their favor. Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's just something you absolutely have to uh, resist. And uh, Representative Shore, Nick Shore, when, is this, so this is, is this on the ballot in November? Yes. Okay, so that, this is something you guys really have to keep an eye on. I noticed that in the last election in spring, they had a uh, bunch of people out there with clipboards. Getting and, paid. Getting paid to collect signatures. Yeah, and, and clean Missouri sounds, well, I mean, they, I, you got to give them props for coming up with uh, that kind of Orwellian Yeah, uh, well, back title. in, I think it was back in 2016, the, uh, the left had, a plan, raise your hands for kids. They said it was a uh, smoking tax, and it had all these other things included in it. Yeah. Just like Clean Missouri, there's so many different topics. Even if it does pass, we are going to waste so much money challenging it in the courts because it's unconstitutional. It right. can only be a single subject, and here we've got several. Brother, how'd your kickoff go on Saturday? Very I'm good. actually sorry I missed that. I had something to do, but I, I completely spaced it. But how'd it go? <laughs> oh, incredible. Um, Ethel's Smokehouse and Saloon in uh, O'Fallon. It's been a restaurant since the 20s. So a great family-run oh, wow. business. Great barbecue. It's right off Highway 70 uh, in kind of in between Brian and K. Well, not Brian and K. Uh, mm-hmm. K and uh, T.R. Hughes. So if anybody ever is out there, the food is excellent. We had a great showing. I think it was more because of the food rather than me. Um, but we had a lot of constituents come in, um, and I raised quite a bit of money. Raised Good for you, exponentially man. more money for my reelection campaign than I did when I initially ran. And nobody knew who I was. But I, a lot of repre- or, uh, a lot of constituents came in as a representative. I, I see what you're doing with veterans, with job creation, with tax cuts, with our law enforcement. Law enforcement, yeah. I like it so much. Here's a donation. So it's it's very humbling to see people that are. Blue collar Americans like you and I coming in, giving us donations to continue fighting the good fight in Jefferson City. Right. Because, you know, really the lines have uh, nicely blurred when it comes to people of common sense. And so that's how President Trump got elected, because there were a lot of individuals who had voted for Democrats uh, for 20 years and some people who had never voted before. Yeah. I was amazed by the number of people who called into the show uh, during the election and talked about how they they hadn't voted in 15 years 
15 years. Some people had never voted at all because they didn't feel like they had really any kind of voice. Yeah. And suddenly they did. And so now with people like Nick, uh, who, again, is the uh, is kind of one of the our version of the Freedom Caucus guys, um, that's why you have people who are sometimes from the other side of the aisle in terms of their voting or who haven't voted before or who really didn't feel like they had much of a stake in things now suddenly being energized, uh, knowing that there's something to fight for. Yeah. And I will ask you a quick question before we get to the unveiling of the Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters banner, because they, of course, uh, sponsor the studio, so thanks for that. But before we get to that, there were some people who who keep thinking that uh, the the Democrats are ultimately going to have a um, uh, a, a foothold in this whole operation uh, because there are a lot of people who are conservatives who might just like not really be energized because they got what they wanted and blah, blah, blah. But I take the opposite approach. I'm sensing that among common sense conservatives out there, there is a high level of energy. There is a high level of a desire to, to keep what we, what yeah. we so uh, dearly earned and we, we worked hard to earn. So I see the exact opposite. You probably do well when you had your campaign kick off, oh, yeah. all those different people coming forward. And it was amazing seeing, you know, a, a lot of people say there's a lot of lobbyists and, and fundraising. We, we raised so much money the other night, and it was all from constituents right. and, and, and friends that I've met through the campaign. When I'm going door to door, to your point, I did meet a lot of people that said, eh, I don't vote. Came around again, they voted for me, and here in 2018, when I go knock on their door again, they may not agree with me, but they're reaching out to me. I'm returning phone calls, emails, and they're saying, I've never had an elected official from state level, federal level on that actually responds to me. Now, I don't agree with you 100% of the time, but you at least have that rapport with me that I feel like you're listening to me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, going door to door, people are energized. People have seen what's going on with our economy, with our military. They're seeing what's happening nation or worldwide, rather, with uh, North Korea, and they like it. They think that we are actually going in the right direction after getting lip service for so many years from both sides, from Republicans and Democrats. Now we're actually going in the right direction, and I think people are energized hearing people like. um, uh, what's her name? The, the one Democrat that came out oh. blabbing about uh, yeah, Maxine uh, Waters. Yeah, yeah Maxine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think people have seen uh, what the other side has to offer, and it's it, it's becoming so extreme. It's not the party of Kennedy anymore. Right. It's becoming so extreme that I, many independents are saying, "Look, I typically don't vote Republican all the time, but I I have to to preserve the nation to preserve." What we have here in St. Charles County, and, and you know, listening to the last speaker that you had in here about the issues that are going on, there are, there are issues everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one that's kind of trampling on liberty, that aspect that uh, he was talking about. But in St. Charles County, we're booming, and, and St. Charles County has realized that conservatives are taking us in the right direction. When you look at St. Louis City, they're going way off in the, in the wrong direction. Right. And I saw an article today that uh, Jamil Nasheed, Senator is saying that there needs to be a, a state of emergency for the crime going out there, and people want to change. Yes, people need a change. People right. can't keep electing the same left-wing lunatics that aren't doing anything on crime. They're not doing anything for the economy, and that's stifling the, this environment to go out and shoot, to rob, to, to commit crime. So I think you know people are fired up, and this blue wave is nothing but a little trickle. No. And yeah. you know we're going to see a lot of people, the silent majority, like I like to call them, come out to the polls again, Kill clean Missouri and support Republicans across the board. And when these left wingers do do what think they're doing something about crime, it's always going after uh, uh, us, 
and, yeah. and our guns as opposed to doing something really about the pathologies surrounding crime and beyond. And so I remember uh, the first time I talked to you, and it was when you were running. What year did you first run? It was again? 2016. 2016. Oh, wow. Okay. Because well, that you were elected in 2016. Correct. So you started running, I guess, 2015. Yeah, right at the end of 15. Okay, because I remember talking to you then, and you – when I talked to you, it was about it actually began with a conversation about your grandfather, correct? Correct. And 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 tell us that story again because it's a really a cool one. Well, I've got a lot uh, on my grandpa who who ended up passing away. He saw me get elected, uh, but he ended up passing away in seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was ninety seven years old, World War II veteran. He grew up um, on a farm. Came here. He's I think second generation uh, German, and I just found out through ancestry that we're uh, we're Viking. Lineage. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. so it's, I'm over fifty something percent Viking Scandinavian, <laughs> um, but he, he's just it. he's just a great guy, and you know he grew up uh, the party of Kennedy, helped campaign, uh, went to World War II, came back, worked for McDonnell Douglas, went to California, campaigned for Democrats, started seeing the party shift, uh, and after Kennedy was elected and the party started shifting away from that pro life, uh, pro constitution movement, he was so fed up, started campaigning for the other side. So in my office, I've got uh, one of his campaign pictures that he actually had for Kennedy. Then I have a campaign picture for uh, Reagan and Bush, both of which are older than me. Yeah, um, right. So, you know, he, he was the one that kind of taught me. I, he took me under his wing. Uh, I traveled a lot with him, and I saw he, he gave me both, both sides of the story. Nick, you're going to hear this. You're going to hear this. Here's what I believe, um, but you make up your own decision. And my other side of the family, um, so that grandpa became very conservative. Uh, and I, I saw what he did with his money, with his investments. Uh, he's a World War II veteran. I saw him give outreach to different veterans in the community through Knights of Columbus uh, in the church. The other side was very, very liberal. Um, and, you know, God love them, but they're, they're wrong 99% of the time when right. it came to politics. But I was able to see they were trying to make me believe something, whereas my other side of the family just said, hey, here's the facts. You make up your own mind. Uh, and that's what I've kind of done through law school. He kind of pushed me uh, away from military service under the Obama administration, said, well, get your, get your education first, especially if you're somebody's going to give you a scholarship. So uh, it kind of pushed me in that right direction, which kind of fueled the fire uh, as a law student when I became involved in politics and standing up for the voice of uh, conservatives in Southern Illinois University uh, School of Law. And I was elected the president of the Federalist Society Law School Republicans. Then um, I came back and he was so proud of me. But yeah, I I dedicate a lot of the things that I do to veterans and mostly because of him. Right, exactly. I love, I love the fact that you mentioned Kennedy too because really when you look at uh, uh, Kennedy, uh, you look at him as the ultimate cold warrior. I mean, and, and Democrats who came out of that period of time, that World War II, Cold yeah. War period as well, were a lot tougher, um, were a lot more conservative, and were a lot more classically liberal, let's mm-hmm. put it that way, uh, than whatever this – party is now. Yeah, which is, and I've even had people that are lifelong Democrats and they say, I don't know where my party's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they view more uh, of a world from the concept of a libertarian where they're fiscally conservative, maybe pro-life, um, but on social issues, they may lean one way or the other. But I think, you know, the majority of the people in St. Charles County, and I think the majority of the people in the state of Missouri uh, are opening up to where they're more independent. They're able to see both sides. If the other side has something common sense worthy to offer, but in this state of affairs, when we have people uh, calling ICE and our Border Patrol uh, terrorist organizations and you know, telling people to get, get out of the restaurants because they don't agree with them politically, <laughs> yes. that's the party of the left now. And if that's what they have to offer, 
I'll see you in November. Keep right it on. up, folks. I love it. It's not a strategy, people. It's not that we want to – I mean, I don't want to give them free advice, but yeah. I think they kind of know uh, what that is all about. All right, so the now when I first met you, you actually were not with Arrowhead no. and Discovery Design at the time. And since the time I met you and since the time you became a state representative as well, right, you became general counsel Correct. for Arrowhead Building Supply and Discovery Design. Okay? Yeah, when you first met me, I was criminal law, family law. Uh, did a lot of private, well, it was open to the public, but um, business interactions in our district. Met the Pogues from Arrowhead and Discovery Design. Uh, I guess they liked me so much that they offered me a gig, and I, I jumped all over it, and we're doing some great things, one of which is the uh, Discovery Design here, which That's sponsors right, the studio. Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters. And so uh, I said, well, listen, uh, can you guys, I, I, I texted Rick uh, last week. I said, can you guys make a banner or something I could hang in the studio? Because if it is the Discovery Design Truck Center and Outfitters studio, I want to make sure people know darn well that it is. Yeah. And so I said, can you guys make a banner for me? And then I set Nick up just to come down and talk after his campaign kickoff. And I said, then uh, bring on the bring the banner with you. And lo and behold, people love the Americas. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's got the uh, it's got one of the trucks that was designed by Discovery Design. Uh, it's our veterans truck. It's called. They name the trucks after different ladies that are working uh, at Discovery Design and Arrowhead. This is actually called Toby. Oh, Toby, which is actually my wife's boy cat. So, <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, this is our veterans truck. This is actually going to be in the O'Fallon Heritage and Freedom Fest Parade on the 4th of July. Uh, we're going to have some veterans in front of us, World War II veterans alongside. But on the hood here, they do some amazing paint jobs, wraps, uh, anything that you need for uh, material handling and truck fabrication. I love it. And that is what we call a conveyor in the truck business, people. Just kind of a little uh, glossary of terms yeah. for you. That's a conveyor, correct? Yes. This is the largest in the, uh, in the nation, the largest rooftop conveyor. Um, it's actually built here in, uh, well, in St. Charles County. Well, how do you think this conveyor, how do you think something like this, Steve Church, would look on top of my uh, uh, Dave Sinclair Jeep Rubicon? Rubicon. I might get a conveyor perfect up there. for the Rubicon. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Just, just run around and, and I might even, you know, I might even wrap the, I might even camo wrap the Rubicon over People there. People won't see you then. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, exactly. But by the way, uh, just as a lark though, I couldn't bring a car out there and just get it wrapped by you guys, could I? We could arrange it, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I might just, you never know. If you have any ideas. Don't put it past if you, me. If you need a uh, radio-free almond wrap, bring it out. I love it. So now you guys have also the Blue Lives Matter truck, yes. which is That's awesome. That's what we drove last year in the, uh, in the parade. Yeah. Um, it's got courage, hope, honor on it. Um, it's dedicated to, to our men and women in law enforcement. We're going to be working on a firefighter's truck, uh, which we might unveil here later. But Let yeah. me guess that'll be red. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Now, keep in mind, now, somebody... Um, probably Rick. I think that one was Toby and Ryan. Oh, well, Toby. Oh, so they, they're the ones who. Okay, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. They're in the so marketing they, department. They gave me a hint as to this. <laughs> I love it how they're like, please hang it here. And so they just—it just so happens that's exactly yeah. where I wanted to hang it uh, eventually. And I—I the one thing I didn't do—I didn't put a nail in the wood there, Stevie. So let me just see what this would look like. Here's the unveiling. Above the lamp, perfect right spot. There, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think the viewers will need to see that, uh, eventually see that telephone number so they can call in Discover Design if they want to put a, uh, a conveyor on top of their car, whether it's a Dodge Neon. Oh, so you're saying it should be high. Yeah. Maybe a little bit to the right. 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, for, now, for now, we'll put it right over me. Yeah. Just because... Uh, uh, and, I'll, and I'll fix it eventually. Well, you can't put yourself in the corner because nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. For now. That looks beautiful. Look, it's a, yeah, walk, that's it's spot a on. walking banner. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, man, mm-hmm. thanks so much for what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people, uh, people love you out there in Radio Free Almond Land. And you're doing great work, man, and, and mucho respect for all that you have uh, done down there in Jefferson City. And uh, congratulations on the fact that uh, you are also uh, now running for re-election. Correct. And so uh, we're ready to support you on all different levels. Buddy. Well, likewise, Jamie, I uh, greatly appreciate what you guys are doing down here. Um, the Voice of Liberty, and you're, we're seeing a lot of Radio Free Allman stickers, I'm dead serious, in yeah. St. Charles County popping up. Oh, nice! And the other, uh, the, the Lollapalooza event that we had at Discovery Design, I actually had some constituents there. Um, so, you are doing great things. This is just the start of a uh, an empire, so to speak, of liberty and the, the voice of common sense and reason. Well, let me give you some more. Um, oh, Absolutely. Uh, put those over in Arrowhead. These are the. By the way, these are the. Um, I don't know. If you have a place, if you, if you guys know of a of a of a restaurant or, and if you have a business out there, and you want to uh, put a stack of the Radio Free Almond bumper stickers on your uh, on your place, do it. And uh, yeah, uh, right on your counter there. Then definitely um, do it for me, please. Yeah, and you know the the listeners in my district, the listeners that are close to St. Charles County, reach out to me. I'm going to have a, a giant stack for you here. Nice. Okay, buddy. Listen, cool. great Thank to you see guys you. For having Thanks me. so much. And by the way, uh, one of the cooler things uh, these these uh, younger guys who are running for office, uh, you kind of have uh, you know the, the Paul Kurtman vibe, which is uh, they like to come in. Yeah, they like to come into the studio, which I love, and people really do appreciate. And actually, instead of like being on the phone or whatever, sometimes, right. like for instance, when you're in Jeff City, I got to have you on the phone or whatever. But uh, it what that, but that is kind of like just a little insight into the kind of passion and the dedication. kind of get toitiveness and dedication these guys have when uh, they want to come into the studio. It doesn't matter where it happens to be; they want to come in, be present. And it's a big deal, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, Great to it, guys. see you, man. Thank you very Congrats. much. Congrats, okay. Appreciate Thanks, you, as Stay always. Representative Nick Schwirl. By I the sure way, won't. what's your website, man, real quickly? Uh, the website is Nick Forrep, N-I-C-K-F-O-R-R-E-P.com. You can find me on Twitter at uh, Nick B. Schroer and Schroer Mo on Facebook. All right. Maybe Nick Schroer and, yes, uh, NickForrep.com. Yeah, NickForrep.com. In the morning, so bad I scare myself. My hair is turning gray so fast I'm worried about my health And I shiver all over I shiver all over I shiver all over Cause I ain't got you Twisted up in the knots My blood pressure's running up so high I know it's gonna stop my heart And I shiver all over I 
guys you know they they're like these younger guys in the 80s and stuff and you you look at them and they're like 500 pounds or whatever it looks really old right but no steve church no robert craig alive and well yeah nick shore is cool i mean you know listen we just had two examples of One's a businessman, one's a state representative, uh, and, and both are younger guys who are carrying on the tradition of common sense and who are right in the wheelhouse when it comes to all of you, whether it be Mike Marino with SantinoCigars.com, who's talking about freedom. I, and again, this idea that these guys in St. Charles County will have decided that uh, – 
that, that they're just going to ban smoking everywhere in every establishment throughout St. Charles County is the most ridiculous, stupid, statist, invasive idea I could possibly imagine. And as you said, it, it, it just seems to go against everything that St. Charles is what we thought it's been about for the past two decades. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and keep in mind, this doesn't happen without the complicity of some so-called Republicans. It, the clean Missouri isn't happening without the complicity of uh, this guy, Robert Schaff. He was the anti-Greitens guy down there who's term limited, who's probably guaranteed a job after he leaves. So he's whoring himself out for clean Missouri. Uh, or the people in St. Charles. I mean, you've got to know there's got to be some Republicans involved in this thing. St. Charles County isn't a chock full of Democrat progressive place. What's need, wrong with these people? We need to follow up on this. We need to get some names on the phone. Yeah, you want some names. Yes. Oh, by the way, that one dude never called me back, Jay Barnes. Oh, he didn't. No. Had my, my phone all day, but I will tell you who did call me. Uh, <laughs> I should. I wonder if he'll mind. Let me see. Um, let me see. Somebody else was paying attention. Well, I, I, I well, what happened is, see, I'm going down to, uh, I'm going over to Kansas City today uh, on my way this evening to proudly be the MC of the event in which Sarah Palin is going to be formally announcing her endorsement of Tony Minetti for Senate. And there were some people earlier at, at some point who uh, said, well, you know, glad you're getting doing something, go be getting a fat paycheck. It's like, first of all, I'm not taking any money from the Minetti campaign to do this. I am paying for my own hotel, gas. No one's paying anything for me to go down there except me. And I said, it's the same thing I would do for anybody uh, who's running, if I was asked. I like everybody who's running. And Tony and I have become good friends ever since he first was on the Almond Report show. And uh, he's a good guy. And so I would do, I'd do this for anybody. And so it's not my endorsement of Tony Minetti. But for all of you, why would I not take advantage of, first of all, being part of what is a great vibrant Senate race, which I love. Every, everybody has their own great things about them. And then uh, seeing Sarah Palin. Right. And seeing a city in the state of Missouri that's actually getting its act together. That's another great <laughs> opportunity, to too. <laughs> Perfect point. I mean, Kansas City is a great example of what was once considered like some kind of cow town. Uh, which basically has grown into this magnificent place. The yeah. Power and Light District down there is putting whatever is here in down or there in downtown St. Louis to shame. Yeah, and so, so is Nashville. So is Indianapolis. Oh. So you know, were you the one telling Cincinnati. me you were? Somebody was down in Nashville who I was. told me. Okay, well, somebody was telling me that they looked out their window. And and you couldn't look five feet without seeing a crane out there building another right. building. Yeah. Dallas is the same way too. It, it's it's amazing. They're growing. Yeah, I, there is a there is a picture that circulated online through social media past few years where it's Dubai, two thousand one, St. Louis two thousand one, yeah, right, and then Dubai two thousand six, St. Louis two thousand six, Dubai two thousand eleven, and how 
it, yeah. Just grow, granted, it's not a U.S. city, but it's just it's private. Yeah, private yeah. partnership and people taking initiative and right. trying to make it happen and having the government get out of the way. Right, and I think I think St. Louis is slightly hampered uh, by the fact that it is uh, still not a county seat. I'm not I'm not promote, promoting or proposing a merger. I'm just saying that I can't I can't help but think. The fact that St. Louis is one of only two cities, aside from Baltimore, that isn't part of a county seat. And I, I'm, I think at this point now that St. Louis County isn't going to be adopting no. uh, St. Louis City anytime soon. No. Uh, but that's what happens when you're run by a bunch of progressive Democrats is you run it so far into the ground that you become damaged goods. And nobody in their right mind is going to go ahead and take on the debt. The problems and everything else of the city of St. Louis. Is it correct that uh, it was the number – one of the issues is it's the number of seats that St. Louis City would want on the county board? Well, that- considering, considering they have 26 aldermen for a community that's just <laughs> above 300,000, you're, you're out of your tree. Yeah. I mean it's, it's ridiculous. It sure is. But yeah. So anyway, so I, I, I put out this – I said, hey uh, – you know, I'll do this for anybody. And then I, I made some wisecrack about Cortland or whatever. Uh, and I said, I haven't heard from them. So yesterday, I don't think Cortland's going to mind. Uh, so I get, a, I get a call from Cortland yesterday. Um, I, actually, I got a call from Peter Pfeiffer, too. Oh, good. And so, uh, you know, I'll play you, I'll play you um, Cortland's message. Hey, Jamie, it's Cortland Sykes. Call me back or I'll set your Jeep on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's great. I love this guy. I mean, I really do. I mean, his personality is great. And, you know, like Tony Minetti's groovy and cool. Um, and, and I'm really, I mean, I'm actually really honored to be down there emceeing this event. Uh, I, some of those people in Kansas City don't know who the hell I am, but nonetheless, uh, I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm also going to be, by the way, just briefly uh, letting you know that tomorrow the stream is going to be uh, asleep. I'm not going to be, I, I'm not live streaming from the from the hotel, but I am going to Facebook from there. And my ultimate goal, depending on the weather, is to do the Facebook from the from the hotel pool. That's great. So, now, and, and well, I'm not going to do it for three hours because I'm not going to have all my no. material for you. I'm not going to be able to kind of, but I, but I will. Uh, little vignettes, little vignettes, little yeah. things. I'll give you a little, you know, but but hopefully it'll be from the pool. Hey, Jamie, it's Cortland Sykes. Call me back or I'll set your Jeep on fire. <laughs> Leftists right I now going, it. Cortland Sykes, you don't agree with him? He'll set your car on fire. I don't think Peter's going to mind me doing no. this either. Peter was more, um, uh, more, uh, let's see here. Uh, now, so Cortland is having a barbecue on the 7th of July. Fire. Yeah, barbecue fire. He's going to barbecue my Jeep on the 7th of July. <laughs> so uh, I haven't gotten back to you, Cortland, but I definitely will be, uh, will be over there, um, and, um, and, and, and uh, I'll make it by for right. sure. And then, so I'll do the same thing for Cortland as I'm doing for Tony, whatever. And then uh, Peter called me, and I got to make sure he didn't say anything stupid in here. I have a transcript. Okay, here. I'm not saying Peter would say something stupid. I'm just saying. <laughs> These are back-to-back phone calls, so. Hang on. Damn it. Darn it, I mean. 
Dagnamit. The FCC Here. doesn't license you. It's your neighbor, Peter, the guy running for U.S. Senate. I got a question for you, a request. I have an event I'm planning for July 11th at the Cool Dell Swim Club. Yep. And I was wondering if you could come along and uh, introduce me and talk to the crowd. Full RFA regalia is permitted and encouraged. Give me a call. Um, work out the details. Obviously, you're a feature of those details. Want to want to book you for that event and... Uh, uh, All right. Okay. So, so, so I've got two uh, requests, and I, like I said, I'll, I'll do, I'll go to anything. So, uh, the eleventh is going to be a little complicated, but it depends on what time it is. I think I'll be able to swing that. And the only thing I'm going to have you agree to, though, uh, Peter, if it's going to be in a cool Dell, you have to have them agree that next year they will, they will not uh, have a swim team, so that the MAC actually has a fighting chance to to do something positive in the swim team world. There's a, this cool Dell place. Yeah. I forgot where it, ex- it is. I think it's in South County. Is it? I can't remember. But but they've got this swim club there, and these people are just unbelievable swimmers, these young kids. That's cool. It's like a, it's like a, you know, it's like a little neighborhood yeah. swim place. But, but man, they, they have some great swimmers over there. My cousin, Melinda... Cisnero, she was part of a swim team, just a neighborhood. San Luis trails off of Hawkins and yeah. Fenton, and they had their own swim team, and they were phenomenal. It's amazing how yeah. how good some of these teams are. So, uh, the Missouri Athletic Club, where I'm, I'm there, I'll tell you, they they do uh, they they have a good team too. But Cool Dell Dell's is those are guys. But anyway, uh, Cortland and Peter, thanks for calling in, man, and I'll be happy to. Uh, Make sure I can I can take whatever we can. But now Kansas Positive City reaction. That's right, Kansas City tomorrow. I don't know. I think I I think I might um, ribs. Oh yeah. I, you, by the way, um, I did get a recommendation, and I was glad to hear this because as much as Kansas City has changed, some things have stayed the same. And I hear that Gates Barbecue is still the number one barbecue. Yes. In KC. Yes. Phil Thomas, who used to work for the Rams, he took me there when he worked with the Chiefs. Yeah. And I, when we were driving there, I'm like, where are we going? But it yeah. was the greatest. Yeah. It was the greatest. Gates is one of those day. places I've been there. And it's one of those places where you got to know what you want. Like, you, you can't sit there and it's not um, like a subway going, oh, what is that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what's good here? Because once, once you queue up, you better be ready because right. those people there have very little patience for people who are trying to figure out, like, what does a rack look like and what does a half slab look like yeah. and how much is that and how is much is this? Baby back in St. Louis. <laughs> right, exactly. What would you recommend? And it reads as it's in Manchester. Okay, yeah, that Cool Dells is in Manchester. Okay. So Cool Dell Swim Club in Manchester, Missouri. Thank you, Annette Reed, sweetie pie. And yeah, Steve Murphy saying, I see the band is back together. Thanks, Steve Murph. Church. Good morning this morning, Steve Murphy. And Margaret Sharp, we're still eating your cake, baby. Thank you so much for that. Aiden has decided that his size of a piece of cake is the size <laughs> of a shoebox now. And so uh That's good. I'm going, dude, are you really Yo oh, yeah. Well, it's a you know It's great for baseball. Aiden's a big boy. Boy, he's gonna yeah, be, he is. He's, he's taller gonna, than me now, isn't he? Oh, he's taller, almost as tall as I am. Whoa. I mean, well, I'm not that tall. I'm just saying, <laughs> but 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 he's 13. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm just saying. You yeah. know, because I had not seen him in a 
year and a half or oh. so, and then saw him at the MAC. I he's going uh, to be taller than Ethan, and Ethan's taller than I am. Yeah. So I mean, he's you know, he, I think I think Ethan's going to be going to be a, a seven feet tall for crying out we loud. Get good looking boy Aiden in here. Eating Skittles and drinking Red Bull, and I know back on the air. The, Those are the days, right? Yeah, he used good. to come in and make little uh, footballs and stuff in the studio. Oh yeah, that's right. That's I, I'm gonna. I am gonna. I did tell him. I said I want you to come in and help me with the show sometime, and so uh, It'll be a lot of fun. He's gonna do that. Uh, by the way, did you see this? Uh, and the uh, French butchers. This is how crazy. You think you think you have it hard here as a Trump supporter, always looking to find out whether or not you're going to be. Uh, accosted or what have you, uh, French butchers say they've had enough. Not only must they confront media coverage of the vegan way of life, now they say they're under assault. After a series of small but unprecedented incidents, the Butchers Federation says its members need protection from militants who've broken windows, thrown fake blood, and sprayed graffiti on their shops. This is like the the violent vegan brigade. Yeah, shadows must, of PETA. They have some serious. They have some pretty uh, heavy duty white people problems over there in France. Yeah, they, they like <laughs> clearly have nothing to do but bother with the. <laughs> How dare you make some lamb, Jerry Louis? Food is sacred in France. A country pot of its more than three hundred cheeses and its cuts of beef so refined that it is impossible to order a steak at the butcher's counter without being offered a choice of at least 10 different cuts of steak. But apparently the vegan brigade there uh, uh, is uh, – their people are uh, – now are not happy with these people selling meat. And so they are unhappy with the slaughterhouses, everything else. You don't want to mess with a butcher well, yeah, but the butchers <laughs> apparently they they don't they they are seeking police protection. Well, and I guess presumably the police have guns, which so just proves that guns do trump knives when it comes to what's going on there. True. Did you see, by the way, that apparently, and I don't know whether I've I've seen the pictures and I can't tell whether or not that means that they're armed, but the Daily Mail had a series of pictures featuring David Hogg and. Uh, having armed security guards around him, well, which I, I I don't blame him for having, considering that there are some people who are crazy and who might want to do harm to him. But it's kind of ironic, don't you think? Yes, I really do think. Just a little bit. Yeah. Should I seek the advice of the uh, Radio Free Almond public and ask them what time I should uh, do it? Should I do? Uh, should I do six or should I do? I might just do seven. I think seven. Give myself a fighting chance. Yeah, you know, seven. It's gonna be kind of a late night. A good time. What are you doing with that cigar? Just checking it out. Oh, okay. Let's say you're not taking it, are you? Yeah, I think I'm Mr. Marino it. gave me what? Yeah. I'm... Oh, by the way, we're eventually gonna have radio free almond cigars too. It's gonna be great. That's gonna be awesome. So, uh, yep, I'm going to be taking the uh, Dave Sinclair Jeep Rubicon. It's not Kansas yours City. anymore. <laughs> you licked it. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, the Dave Sinclair Jeep Rubicon to Kansas City. Going to be hanging out there tonight from 7 to 9. Now, I will be doing some Facebook Lives from there. And I'm trying to figure out, like, Sarah is occasionally persnickety, and I don't blame her. 
about, you know, itinerant cameras rolling around her and like I like I don't even like it when like I'm in some place and people are like Facebook I mean cuz you never know whether you're live or not live or what you know so I can understand that so I'm going to within reason try my best to do as much Facebook living and Facebook posting on the Radio Free Allman page from Kansas City as I can so if you can't be there it's not going to be streamed it's my understanding or uh, and I can I, I can double check on that and so I will uh try to see if we can I can make sure uh that we figure that out um a way to convey whatever it is to you and and let you know what's up and i'll put some posting up there also uh, pay attention to the page today once i get a chance i'm going to get some pictures up from the time over there at santinocigars.com so be great uh, right there on vogel road love it yeah how'd that tequila go down Real smooth. I noticed, by the way, that you have it over there next to you. You have yes, a cigar over there. You've just yeah. basically just squirreled away all the goods from today. Well, <laughs> Steve you Church. Can, you can have some of this. Right. I can't. i got to drive, buddy. I keep forgetting. Yeah. I'm sorry. All I, I just have to, to go to Chesterfield. All, all I need is a state trooper to say, you know, uh, have you been drinking tequila? <laughs> no. And then suddenly I'll pull a Mel Gibson on him. Because <laughs> te- tequila apparently does that, but, but Mel wasn't uh, drinking that kind of tequila. He was clearly drinking the agave tequila. I, yeah, what, yeah, which automatically turns you into that. Apparently, he got dragged into a bachelorette party. Yeah, and got left at Moonshadows, and it all <laughs> went downhill. All right, people, let me grab my uh, let me grab my outro music here, which I'm always late about, and. Um, I put the video – boy, it seems like a long – forever ago. But I put the video up, the, the couple montages of the uh, left-wing kooks who, by the way, are just beating the drum of, uh, of targeting Trump supporters. And again, most of you out there – I mean, listen, we're all kind of built the same. We're not, we're, we're not going to play the victim game here. Uh, I've always told the kids and I tell people that um, this uh, – all the time and that success is your best revenge and don't worry about these people just get out to the polls in 2018 and 2020 and that's just that's how you shut them up you just uh defeat solid statement in life yes in any situation right on steve church success the best revenge. Well, saying sayonara from the Discovery Design Truck Center Outfitter Studio, and then uh, tomorrow I'll be in Kansas City and Facebook Living. And when is this weather going to let up for cry? I'm sick of this. I'm about sick of clouds. To tell you the truth, it's either that or 100 degrees in humidity. I'll take that over whatever we're seeing right now. Yeah. Yesterday was nasty. Storm mode. No man. Okay, people. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 See you later. I said bye-bye. Bye. You're still here. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a good day, everybody. Take care. See you. Good night, John Boy. It's funny how the, how the, like you watch some anchors and stuff like that. And like they always want to be the last person to say goodbye. I've seen that before with two anchors. I'm going to punch you in your uterus. Yeah, but, but that's so true. That's absolutely true. That these anchors, they try to be the last person to say goodbye. Was it? 
infamous relationship or lack of thereof, John Wilson and Karen Voss. Oh, gosh. Boy, do they hate each other. I, I love to hear the uh, open mic during the credits on that. It's hard to believe people could hate each other that much, but boy, they did. Yeah. And guess who won that battle? Karen. Karen Foss. That's right. Of course she did. Good for her, though. I always like Karen Foss. A Me lot, too. You know? Me too. Me too. Hashtag me too. I did too. 12 years old. I liked her more. I held her umbrella during the 82 playoffs. I talked to her at Julius Hunter's house. Really? I talked to her at Mike Bush's house. I talked to her at Julius Hunter's house when Dick Ford had a blood alcohol level of about point nine thousand. Trump, I talked to her in Ted Turner's box at Bush Stadium in 1982 during the rain delay of the uh, 82 NLCS versus the Braves. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm going to have breakfast with her right in about 10 minutes. Really? Well, she doesn't return any messages for me anymore. <laughs> well, I think we now know who that battle is. Just been yeah. You win. I win the Karen Foss That's battle. That's right. But I can call Sandy Miller. Well, I'm having lunch with her, so it's fine. That's okay. I'm having dinner with her <laughs> and her husband, Matt. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. See ya. Take care. Have a good day, everybody. Good night, John Boy. Good luck with everything. So long. Bye. Peter.